said it's the 30th of April. I cut off Rob's cue noise because we don't need to do one because we're sitting in the same room. Because news! Okay. That's not not at all true. In fact, for this podcast. <laughs> Dan's not here, which means it's me, it's Robert Kemp doing the intro word after the intro, and it's Richard Kemp, our regular-ish guest. I mean, when we have guests, he's oh, usually I, the guest. He's the most regular. The most. He's the most guest. Yes. Hello. DJ. Hello. I've always known as DJ Kipling. Yep. Twitch superstar. So, God, sometimes. <laughs> Master, my one viewer. Master of the purple and orange. Yeah, I mentioned that. He's got a fancy McLaren hat, which happens to be orange, conveniently. That is sweet, actually. Where did you get that? Like eBay. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you even into F1 this year or at all? Uh, I've or? been more into it this year than I have been previous years. All right. Just because well, I mean, this the, year is looking slightly interesting. Yeah, yeah, because of all the changes and car reg changes and all that stuff. So I mean, the of, new cars do look rad. They look cool, but they don't seem to be doing all that well, do they? <laughs> no, they're just the most half part. of them breaking down and half of them aren't working as well as they should be. Yeah. That's, the, that's the best thing about new new cars and new regs. It's like they they don't they have so little time to build them that of course they're going to be flaky. Of course. <laughs> so now we need to introduce even more rules into F one where it's just like it's it's like a roguelike for, for F1 where the rules just change every year like massively so everyone has to completely rebuild everything yeah, every time <laughs> I'd be into that like change something fundamental every just one thing <laughs> like, every year this year it's all six wheel cars oh yes <laughs> that'd be cool I'd be so into that imagine the pit stops <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'd have to chain up a whole 50% extra people <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, maybe it'd be weird, like, you'd end up in a weird situation where all of the tyres don't wear, Great. like, the middle ones yeah. probably don't wear that, so they stay on for most of the race. Or you just, or you specifically make them like that. Like, maybe the middle wheels are, like, extra large so they last longer, <laughs> or something. <laughs> or maybe, maybe, you know the skid plates they put on them, maybe they have to have a plate that's touching the floor at all times. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what the skid plates always are already. Almost. On a lot of tracks, especially. Yeah. Where it's slightly bumpier. They do seem to have got worse, haven't they? Like, or, or better, whichever way you look at it. Yeah. Like, there's way more sparks than there was, like maybe five years ago, something like that. I mean, I assume that the sparks thing is, you know, somewhat controllable by what it's made of, right? Yeah, I, I think they're, <laughs> they're almost intentionally made of something to make sparks. I don't know because I think originally they were just made of wood, right? They just stuck a plank on the bottom, basically, right? Yeah, because the whole point of them is to wear down. Mm. in order to detect if people are skimping on fuel weight or whatever. Oh. They still do have big wood planks, don't they, on the bottom? Or well, wood they, won't, they won't be wood now. <laughs> yeah, I assume it's something slightly more technically advanced than literally a wood plank. But <laughs> It'll be too flammable. No. I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure when they strode the bottom, it was just like a wood bit. <laughs> I mean, Probably it, treated wood. Well, yeah, maybe. Or well, maybe it's um like a... Just a texture on a bit of carbon fiber or something like the way those are made. They don't. They don't have to be quite. They they could be a nice weave. You'd think they wouldn't even need to. I mean, if that from what I understand of that being the original intention of those, like they actually were intended to wear down at a specific rate, and that was a part of like measuring things about the race. You wouldn't think they'd mm. need that any longer. No, <laughs> for weight purposes. I think it's. You could probably just weigh things. But you've got to, you want to be low to the ground because of the aerodynamic effect oh, yes, of being low, and something I guess they just put the plate on to be like, well, actually, you know, we need so, we need I some think, extra protection. It, Something's going to rub. Well, if I we're think that it was low. it was like the weight. It was trying to measure the weight because people were getting too low. 
like they were using extra weight to push it down so it would reduce the ground effect or whatever or increase it increase or whatever it, yeah. it goes yeah. so they were like no you can't do that we'll put, we'll put a big old plank on the bottom to make sure you're not <laughs> or to detect if you are huh. but now they've all got porpoising issues instead yeah so they keep bouncing oh have they <laughs> they've got they've got the waft yeah bad aerodynamics hmm Potentially. That's why Mercedes apparently suck because they've got massive per- porpoising issues. So the huh. car's just going boingy, boingy, boingy. <laughs> but yeah, you'd think, I don't know. I'm not really up on like how much they're allowed to mess with the general regs, but presumably like they can sort that much out. Like they have yeah, enough well, flexibility. Yeah, I mean, that on... seems like a safety issue. So you'd hope that they'd be allowed to fix that. Yeah, because if it's bouncing all over the place, surely the grip is way down. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that happened in the race where we watched it last week. There was that one time where I think it was actually a Ferrari, not a McLaren, that was doing it in this case. But it was like when it was breaking into a corner, it was wobbling like crazy, mm. which is definitely not the place where you want low grip. No. No, especially under that sort of force. I don't know. Yeah, F1, it's, it could be interesting. We're like still a couple of weeks behind, don't we, in watching <laughs> yeah. it? Like we haven't watched Imola yet. Um, Last one we watched was Australia. Not my favourite course in the world. Australia's quite dull. Then again, like it, the Italian races are normally fairly dull as well. They're high speed, mm. but they're not really interesting corner-wise. And that's where you want everything to happen. You want the corners. It's no Belgium, man. <laughs> <laughs> Belgium's the best. It's the only thing of, everyone only thinks of Belgium because of rain and crashes. Yeah. <laughs> not necessarily because the course is good. I mean, oh, I guess no. it's not one big corner right at the start. Yeah. That helps. No, I, I, I like Belgium as a course. It's fun to race like on Forza games as well. <laughs> sure. like, it's, it's, just, it's just a fun track. You never really hear the drivers talking about Belgium all that much, though. Like a lot of the like, they go like, "Oh, I love Monaco." Oh, oh I love- yeah, they only love Monaco because then they can go on their yachts <laughs> <laughs> or the like, casinos or whatever. Or if you're like Leclerc or Hamilton, just go home. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I don't know. Um, apparently, like the this year's F F one game is. Uh, Segway is yeah. um is, is, is supposed to be kind of interesting. It's like it's the first one they're introducing VR in a in a Codemasters game. Well, I mean, I, I guess they've already made we that st- tech from the rally. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it feels like they should have done this years ago. Yeah, right? well, I mean, yeah, I guess considering it is a yearly thing, then yes, years ago. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's but this oh man, it's tempting. It's like it's this is the thing. Is like I've been on the edge about like getting a VR headset for a while. And it's like, but F one is going to be the thing to push you over, surely. Yeah, it might be. It might be. Like, just if it plugs in well, and I get the wheel out, and it's like, yeah, have the full the full immersive experience. It might it might be. Yeah, pretty but you're cool. not going to like driving F one in like a simulation capacity. I don't think. I don't know. That's the most semi simulation, maybe. Most of the time, I get the wheel out is for sim ish games. I mean, you might as well just like I'm play waiting for that for, I'm waiting for that Forza 8, right? That proper mm. Forza 8. So yeah, that would be good. So I can put that on PC. Because you can't buy Forza 7 anymore. <laughs> yeah, it seems like they stopped selling that a bit early. But yeah. They're like, we're going to stop selling this so that we can sell the new, new one. Oh, wait, the new one hasn't come out. No, it's, that's well, it's licensing, isn't it? No yeah. yeah. Car licensing, music licensing. But if they already, Any license you can imagine, it would probably expire. I mean, I guess it... Do they only... I was going to say they only license that for a year, but that's not, it's not a yearly franchise. <laughs> I guess they do license it's it for years, several years. Yeah, it used, to, it used to be every two years. This is the this is the biggest gap I think the series has ever had, 
um, since it since it launched, which is quite crazy. I think about get any VR in that. No, no, and I think that's Microsoft a, game. yeah. I think that's a real shame because like yeah, Microsoft haven't really lent into VR at all, and Forza seems like the obvious fit, especially with their beautiful car interiors. Like, <laughs> just look around. Just look you can make the stupid Forza Vista mode actually real, yeah. Like, not actually just like panning a camera at <laughs> a car. You can actually look at it. Yeah, you could do like a like a room scale car Vista thing. Could work quite well. But no, MMS seems to have. They've stayed so far away from VR, apart other from than HoloLens. apart from Hololens, yeah. which didn't really happen, I guess. I mean, not in the context of games, anyway. <laughs> no, the consumer versions of it aren't quite there yet. Hololens is used, yeah, by some prof- in some professional capacity, but like the home version of it, the one they all like, they, the ones they demoed, obviously, at like in their big presentations, the whole home Minecraft yep. or the aliens coming out of the walls, the things that everyone goes, "Oh, that's going to be cool." It's like, no, 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 that's. That's not what it used. That's not what it's used for. Surely it wouldn't be too often just a partner with like Oculus or yeah, but they don't want let... to do VR. They want to do AR, which yeah. I guess no one else has really done to that to like a full consumer grade. Really, that's what they, that's where they've staked their claim. Yeah, like... but I mean, just for the console side, surely they could just partner with one of them and just say this is compatible with the yeah, Xbox yeah. now. And you'd, you'd think, just especially with the new PS. Yes, VR coming out as well. You'd think they'd want to at least have something that they can compete it with. I mean, maybe Microsoft just doesn't believe in VR at all. Maybe they're like, this is going to die down in like a year. We're not going to get caught in the 3D trap again or whatever. Well, yeah, maybe this is them being cautious after Connect. Well, yeah. I, do, I do think VR is still a way off from being mainstream. Sure. Such. I, I think it, it's surprising the number of people I know that aren't gamers that have a VR headset. Like a good portion of the people I work with, like okay, yeah, strange, <laughs> strange, strange space, games. yeah, software, software developers, that kind of that kind of pe- person. A good, a good number of them have got Oculus kit um, and play Beat Saber and things like that. But they're not what I would call traditional gamers. Mm. It's like if I was to talk about playing Rocket League or. Uh, it, tunic of late i mentioned that to a few of them and they were just like glassed over (laughs) yeah Yeah. see i'm I'm, i've always been on the fence of vr like it's always looks cool right and it does seem like something that's fun but the longevity of it isn't really there for me i think to worth the the price because it's quite expensive still right you're still Uh, looking at about a couple of hundred or so for an oculus quest or whatever yeah it's 300 for the base oculus quest 2 yeah which is the, which is the cheapest good quality set you can get um, and it's a lot more if you want to go down the HTC route or the in mm. the, or the Valve route. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's still a huge barrier to entry, really. Yeah, they are they are pricey. I mean, if not, Facebook wants to get everyone in the metaverse, then they're going to have to make them cheaper. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I hear God we're I hear we're probably not too far away from a Quest Three announcement. Um, Do they need to though? Because the Quest Two is still quite good. The, the Quest Two is still one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, and at their price point, I, I, like, I don't know if they've got a huge amount of need, but hey, they'll probably want to do a pro version, right? That's, that's why they want to do a Quest 3 for those. Well, yeah, that will just be the pro version because yeah. it's just an upgrade. And given from the specs that PSVR 2 has announced, they might get outspecced at that price point pretty mm. soon. Um, I don't even know if that... It's really the same market though it's not though because yeah because it's like the the, the people again the people that i know have owned the quest use it standalone they don't hook it up to yeah. a pc with the link cable or anything like that they use it because everything can run on the quest 
which is in itself kind of crazy. Um, I, I kind of want one. And I kind of want yeah, to just, I kind, I, want I kind of just well. want to play shooty fruity on it. <laughs> so you've been saying for like five years. I know, but that, was, <laughs> that was so much fun. I, it's such a, that's probably the best VR experience I've had was that game. It's, well, is that? And I'd love to play Beat Saber as well. Yeah, I want to try Beat Saber. I mean, Beat Saber seems like the wee fit of, yeah. like, of VR, basically. The one thing that everyone's going to do it. The, the other thing I want to try is um, Harmonix Azordica. Because, um, mm. hey, it's a, it's a rhythm game, but you with guns. What could go wrong? It sh- should be awesome. I'm sort of surprised that Azordica didn't because it was a harmonics thing didn't become as well known as things like Beat Saber and stuff I guess Beat Saber was just super early and you know lightsabers probably easier as well to get into maybe yeah and the, better support yeah the classic modding, the yeah. classic like audio surf situation where you can just dump any old music yeah. in, there, in theory but it's a little bit more complicated than Beat Saber oh, it's not it, just automatic is it one of those where it is literally like or a bit like Step Mania or something like that yeah, where you, you can just make, make their own make, make step charts or whatever they call them huh. Yeah, okay, that that'd probably do it. Like the uh, the crazy was it off market Uenden scene that was around for a while. That was bad. Get those styluses out. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure that still ex- exists quite. I not quite that popular, long ago on the podcast. I was talking about playing Step here again because I randomly came back round to it and was like, oh yeah, Step Mayor, that's still jank. And you're like. Quest to acquire DS games, Kiffers. Or, mm. or 3DS. 3DS, okay. Yeah. Uh, right, yeah, rats. I was about to say, did, did you have, end up with a copy of Uenden or Elite Beat Agents? Or? Uh, I've got Elite Beat Agents. Oh, no, I haven't got Elite Beat Have I? I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I've got I was quite tempted to go to try and hunt down a copy of the original Uenden on, um, on DS, because that soundtrack's great. <laughs> it's a properly decent game. Well, you could play it on my 3DS without buying it. <laughs> uh, well yes you could uh, mechanisms exist <laughs> but you know this I is a podcast about I think they're getting quite pricey video. now aren't they what going, DS games DS and old DS games some of them are getting quite pricey nowadays well maybe mm. especially the ones that were listed on DS where the well, you know, yeah, no, I guess it's like now you're if you want some of those download only games, you're going to have to buy an entire DS in some cases or a memory card, I guess. Well, yeah, you'd, you'd buy. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird that they've done it that way, though. Yeah, just, presumably you'd buy an R4 or whatever the current equivalent is, and just load the downloaded games onto it if you really wanted to, because there's no other way of getting them mm, for DS stuff, anyway. Yeah. Well, and soon 3DS, because they're dropping that soon, aren't they? Yeah, 3DS is dying, but you can't use R4 cards on... Well, you can, but you're better off just modding the whole thing. That's oh, is that the route? That's you what have I've to, done, yeah. You have to mod your whole 3DS to get there. That's a shame. It's super easy, and it makes no difference to your 3DS, so... Oh, really? Yeah. I've never modded a machine myself. I've got a modded... What is the one I've got? I've got a weird modded Sega Nomad, <laughs> of all things. I've modded all my handhelds, pretty much. My, I've got two modded 3DSs, and I've got my Vitas modded. A Vita. <laughs> There's a phrase you don't hear me about. Yeah. <laughs> this is a podcast about video games. No, well, we've, we've, eventually. We've, we've actually been talking about video games quite early. Kind of. I honestly don't even know why I started collecting 3DS games because I barely play the 3DS. <laughs> <laughs> you've got, yeah, you've always had a bit of a collecty streak. Yeah, in I love though. collecting things, but I, 
at the time I was just like, oh, 3DS games are pretty cheap. <laughs> Might as well pick a bunch of them up. Yeah, but it's a massive library if you're going to go for if you're trying to collect them. Uh, yeah. I suppose that means you'll never never run out. <laughs> it depends out. how you go into the real track. 500, I think. Oh, really? European releases, yeah. Oh, yeah, I suppose just Europe. Slightly more than an N64. Oh, yeah, way more than an N64. Well, N64 is only like 360-something. Yeah. It's not, it's, so not it's not way more. It's not a huge Some roster. More. It's better than trying to track down PS2. <laughs> You'd be in the thousands, I think, yeah, PS2. Yeah, thousands, yeah. We've got about half of them now, I think. But there's... um. But yeah, there's just some of them are just stupid expensive. So mm. it's like I'm never going to get them all. But yeah, there's always always some like that. It's always Japanese RPGs. Where <laughs> <laughs> is it? Like stuff like um, I don't even know what they're called. They announced a new one recently. Um, I think it's in like the the, the universe that um, Persona, the Persona universe. Oh, right. Oh, one of the Shin Devil Megami Tenseis or something. And, yeah, those ones and Devil Survivor and things mm. like that. They're the really expensive ones. Huh. Like, yeah. Well, they're not like, actually that expensive. They're just like retail price. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's not so bad. But still, like, I'm not paying 50 quid for a 3DS game. <laughs> <laughs> I still want Hyrule Roar's Definitive Edition to actually just be a, be a, be accessible at a price that's not £55. <laughs> What's that? Is that the 3DS one? No, no. Definitive Edition is the Switch one. Ah, um, but it's the one. It's the, DLC, the one. It? Yeah, it's the one before Age of Calamity. But it's like ah, a physical yeah. copy is almost impossible to find. I don't get unless it. you want to pay full price for it. See, that's is... one reason why I've never bought a Switch because games just don't go down in price ever, and I don't really understand why. I mean, they they do if they're not like. I mean, Metroid Dread came down a bit after launch didn't it because it launched at full price like a full 50 mm, quid yeah. or whatever nintendo taxed game was but it's down to like 30 something now if you're physically yeah but that's, um, that's crazy like even like the pokemon games that they make like 50 million copies of they're still like 30 quid <laughs> yeah it's because the pokemon company you know they can get away with that but it's, it's yeah. not even just like and it's the resale market as well yeah, so i mean like, like second hand games don't really drop that much either it's I crazy i don't it's like i I mentioned this on the cast several weeks ago, but it's like I I, I would potentially consider picking up a copy of Eight Deluxe yeah, if it, I could get one on the cheap, so I could get that course pass and see what the hell was going on with extra courses because it's been so long since I played America, and it's like oh, forty eight courses for like twenty bucks or whatever they said it was. That's like that's a bargain. If they're good, a lot of them haven't been good. <laughs> no, <laughs> basically, no. But oh, no, more content, more content. Yeah, exactly. Okay it doesn't really it. matter too much. Does no. It? But like as I said before, it's like I played Marika Eight on the Wii U. Yeah, like, so did to, I. to death. I even bought was... the DLC on the Wii U yeah, version because <laughs> it was a bargain. <laughs> Damn you, Nintendo! Yeah, I do want to switch, but then every time I think about it, I'm like, oh, the the pro is just around yeah, the corner, yeah, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> supposedly, the Switch Pro or the Switch Two. Like, yeah, we can't be we can't be far away from that now, can we? Maybe. I mean, we. Has I anyone tried talk- Switch emulation on a Steam Deck? <laughs> I bet that probably doesn't run good. No, I bet not. Because it's really good on normal PCs, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Probably GameCube emulation on devices like that has got has got pretty good. You you do that level. But yeah, maybe the Switch is a bit is a little much. Modern, apparently, like the things that like hold up switch emulation are like modern shader compilation steps and right. things like that. Those are quite tricky to emulate or to not to emulate without causing significant pauses. Um, you can like 
pre you can pre yeah. yeah you can pre cache pre compile but um which I think is what uh Valve did to fix Elden Ring yeah oh, is it <laughs> on the Steam Deck they they made their own pre compilation step yeah because that game doesn't run well even it does not even on normal <laughs> but PC. when has Dark Souls ever run well <laughs> they are often terrible PC ports yes uh the the problem with Elden Ring is it's not even great on console performance wise so <laughs> yeah i've heard that i mean i mentioned that like and i'm surprised that like it didn't knock the yeah it should have done definitely. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised it didn't knock the reviews down more than it did but like well, I, i'm always but then, but then like i but then but then i'd be a total hypocrite saying that because we play hybrid warriors age of calamity which has yeah. the worst frame rate for like many like top tier <laughs> games and we love the hell out of that well, i don't think that reviewed very well because of the frame rate uh, it, re- it reviewed okay. I mean, it reviewed fine. Yeah. But I, I think the frame rate penalised it more than Elden Ring. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've read loads of reviews of Elden Ring and barely anyone even mentions it being an issue, I think, in the ones I read. And it's, yeah, but there's a lot of things about Elden Ring, not just the, the FPS, there was like bugs and all sorts and no one seemed I mean, to put anything like, that, like about them in the reviews or yeah. dot points for it. Or I mean, I've never got into the whole FromSoft fervour. Right, none of those no. games have ever clicked with me. Um, but um, admittedly, I've not put the time in. But like, I've, I have a mate of mine, Cambridge Dan, who is has been a FromSoft fan like since like really early days. Like, so he's, he makes us play all their weird. He's, he made me play so, like quite a few of their weird PS One era oh God, games, like Kingdom, Kingsfield, Kingsfield yeah. yeah, and I hate them. They're, they're I, like, they I, could, I could not hate them more. They are, I think they're appalling games, and it's like they have not aged well. Anyway. No, no, it's like, but but he loves them. He loves the quirk of them and the and the strangeness of them. And there's a certain there's a there's a there is a discipline to them. I suppose they are um, kind of Dark Soulsy in a way. Yeah, I yeah, suppose. yeah. They can, you can you can definitely see the um, the DNA forming. I suppose in them, but. Um, but no, just 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 big hard no. <laughs> and I think maybe it's because I'm like exposed to those. It's just mm. like, and and I look at these and go, well, these is a, this is effectively just that prettied up. Yeah, I mean, I've never really got into Dark Souls, but Elden Ring, I've enjoyed quite a lot actually. Oh, are we like segueing into what you've been playing <laughs> early? Yeah. We can move on to that later if you want. But yeah, I've played some Elden Ring. It's good. It's, it is a good game. Okay. No, okay. no, no denying that. But you just have to be okay with enduring a lot of frustration, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, that is the FromSoft typical way. Yeah, which I'm not sure I am these days. No, honestly. see, I, I struggle with that a lot. Like, mm. I get quite frustrated with games in general, even when they're not that hard. You know what I mean? Sometimes if if you yeah yeah, I don't like games that waste my time these days. Yeah, it's like I find that most annoying. So you do have to do a lot of repeating stuff because mm. <laughs> you do die all the time. Yeah. There's a bit of me that hates that about my modern self, and it's like, because it's, like, it's it's the thing that puts me off a lot of roguelikes. And it's like, like I don't want to try that again because it was annoying and long. I and think like, it depends and, on the game, right? Because because Rogue Legacy Two that just came out that yeah. kind of does it in a way that isn't like that. I don't think. Well, it's because well, Rogue it, Legacy One was proper good. And well, Rogue like, Legacy they can't, One, yeah. they can't really go wrong with this one. That's what I mean. Like when you die in that, that's kind of like you don't mind doing it. It's like Isaac as well, right? Binding of Isaac. Sure. Well, yeah, yeah, kind of. I think in Rogue, Rogue Legacy is a bit more extreme than that, even because of yeah, the, yeah. of the meta progression is much more heavy in Rogue Legacy. Yeah, definitely. Mm. 
so there's you are just dying and then that's actually progress still yeah it's <laughs> i think that's fine like yeah the, the gain you get from de- from death in rogue legacy is quite is quite large compared comparatively but Rob, what Rob doesn't like about roguelikes is, well, basically, if they take more than 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them that I feel yeah. like the runs just take I like, I like a short. <laughs> yeah. I like a short run in one of those. Um, it's like, uh, that's why I'm not really that interested in Returnal, because right, yeah, those runs, runs are just insanely long. Yeah. Like, and I can't be bothered with that. They seem too long, even though they've now added, like, you can Check actually, you can actually stop in yeah. the middle of a run. But, like, I don't know, that, would, that seems like it would get quite tedious. Yeah. I mean, even I mean, what, Gungeon, yeah. one of our favourites, is, yeah, is a little sense. bit susceptible to that, especially if you're doing like the hard, the super hardcore runs you've described. Well, but, I mean, yeah, kind of. Well, even Isaac can take, yeah, Isaac a can long time, can't it? Yeah. But I mean, Gungeon, they did eventually add save points, but like I've, the trouble with that is, I just never want to save mid run because then you're going to lose, lose your the flow, yeah, yeah, flow of what mm. you're doing. Yeah, yeah, Rogue likes and they don't normally get on unless they're quite short sharp and see uh, I, like, I really love the concept of it like and varied they have to be super varied each run which rogue, rogue uh, that's the weird thing about rogue legacy right it's not actually that varied no. each run but the but the character thing kind of forces it to be sometimes well, sort of i mean in rogue legacy one it was quite easy to just only pick the most generic ones all the time <laughs> and kind of cheese it that way there was no point in playing any of the like mage classes because they were all so weak. Oh, no, 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 they sucked. <laughs> I think I've been kind of spoiled with roguelikes because mostly because of Isaac because it's so different with mm. all the items every time you play it. Yeah, like, it, can be it has so, so many items. That was that was Isaac's main advantage at the time was just like there there was so many items and they programmed in all the com- the compatibility on exactly. Compa- uh, Combos. Combos, yes. Yeah, so after playing the original one of that all those years ago, that kind of spoiled me on roguelikes, I think, because yeah. all the ones since then just haven't really hit the same spot, because mm. it's... Like, even Enter the Gungeon is a great game, but all it is is guns, right? Everything is a gun. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's not, not quite the same as having all this crazy stuff that can happen with Isaac. And, sure. and it doesn't give yeah. you nearly as many items, so you don't really build mm. up any sort of combos or anything, rarely. Yeah. Occasionally you do. Yeah, Neon Abyss had that problem as well. Yeah, and that it's 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 the things you could get weren't crazy enough. Yeah, that's and what the, I think uh, they need the to guns, do more. The guns were fine. There weren't nearly as many of them as there are in Gungeon. Um, also, that thing was just an absolute nightmare. <laughs> you know, I didn't play that very much. I got bored of that. I, one I played it a reasonable but... amount, but yeah, never never beat it or anything like that. And it, it asked, it had. The de- it has a sort of death grind mechanic that I didn't end up liking. Like you, in order to progress through, like it had a skill tree, a bit like Rogue Legacy, but the the requirements to actually move to the next part of you that to, tree were you had quite to kill bosses, didn't you? Do yeah, to, or something, to a point, and and yeah, you got some sort of currency back, but like the the requirements for those ended up getting quite yeah. steep quite quickly. So you ended up just having to do runs just to earn the stuff to then unlock the next thing. And I think there were points in that game where you had to unlock the next thing in order for the run to actually change. Mm. And so you could could progress the run. And it's like, that's not the right way to do it. That's That was frustrating. Mm. I'm still yet to find a, a good FPS roguelite as well. I feel like that could be done really well as well, but no one seems to have done that quite right yet. There's been a few that have tried, but none of them have really... Yeah, isn't there things like Tower of Guns and stuff that I haven't yeah, actually and, played? Yeah, um, or... Z- Ziggurat. Oh, okay, yeah. 
Um, there's another one that was on Game Pass that I checked out recently, but I can't remember what it was called. Uh, I guess Void Bastards f- falls into that category. Yeah. I, 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 I beat that once. There were other runs you could do in that, but that, but it, because it, that was quite a long... Oh, the runs were quite short, because I suppose you went into a level, right, and you did just the level. It wasn't like a full-on run, but like it had the... The 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 foot I suppose the full run like from beginning to end was quite was really long, but you couldn't really, or at least I didn't. I don't not sure how you could. You could I didn't fail out of it. I suppose you mm. could. I suppose there was a fail condition, but um, yeah, that that that, that took friggin' hours <laughs> to get to get through just one one sequence. Voidbusters. Roguelikes. Anyway. That's news. The, <laughs> news. That's the ramble. <laughs> the tiny amount of news that we have. That's the game ramble. Right. Uh, what we got? Uh, Stock Sega. <laughs> As they, ha- they can do most of the news this week. Yep. <laughs> Pretty another, much all of them. Another quiet week. Uh, quiet couple of weeks. Actually, um, before we do video game news, briefly just non-video game news, I guess. Because I suppose we talked about it last week on the podcast, and I just thought I'd just bring it up again for like a moment. Turns out Elon Musk probably is going to buy Twitter. <laughs> he has bought Twitter, hasn't he? Well, I mean, you know, it's the same as the Microsoft outfit and thing. It's like six months and it actually happens. Yeah, yeah. It's going through the... Um, <laughs> the purchase process has begun. But it turns out that poison pill was not... <laughs> well, when, when the people actually looked into it, it was like it basically turned out that it was far too much of a knee-jerk reaction. Like, mm. basically... Basically, the board isn't allowed to block a sale if you make money, and therefore they couldn't have blocked it anyway. And uh, the poison pill that they tried to implement was like way too extreme. Like, because when we were talking about it last time, we were like, "Oh, you split the stocks in half, so everyone gets double." But the one they tried to do was more like the stocks would get multiplied by nine, <laughs> which was fucking ridiculous geez. and way huh. too like it would just destroyed everything. What, like take down Twitter entirely. Well, I don't know about that, but like it would have completely fucked up the shares, but share prices probably. Uh-huh. So basically, the board reacted too extremely and would probably have just been sued sued by the shareholders if they had actually tried to go through with that. So they pretty much just had to sell. Mm. So it turns out it wasn't that much of a difficult proposition after all. <laughs> it was just going to happen regardless. It's strange, isn't it, that they if someone makes an offer, they have to. They have, they have to sell? That's, that seems odd. Well, it's because, it? like, like, the job of the board is, like, literally only to make the shareholders money, and also, especially in this case, the board weren't shareholders themselves. So it's not like their only job is to listen to the shareholders, basically. <laughs> They're not allowed to consider what they want to do. Better, better bubbly for the shareholders. Yep. <laughs> so they pretty much had to, and then apparently they did. So now we just... Wait six months and see if anything fucks up in the meantime. Because <laughs> <Which laughs> it will almost immediately, people were like, "Oh, the, the Elon Musk is already fucking up the contract by saying things." Basically, <laughs> <laughs> although if you actually go and look at the actual contract, the buying agreement that they've already created or whatever, it's like the, the there's a very specific. It's like one of those legal documents where it's clearly two separate lawyers making it like the, the twitter lawyer and the elon lawyer but like in the twitter half it's just like generic corporate stuff to do with you know merger agreement mm. but then the little added bit that clearly comes from the elon side basically just says he's still allowed to say things on twitter about the deal it's <laughs> <laughs> like he's like got like an anti-nda nice. <laughs> he's allowed to talk about it and you can't stop him 
But then already people are like, well, he said too much. And then that's going to fuck up the deal because there's all weird get out clauses that, you know, like a one billion dollar mm. fine or whatever. But, you know, it's probably fine. He and who just, cares, really? Yeah. <laughs> and he'll just do what he wants anyway, probably, won't he? Yeah. And there was a weird, like, People were complaining about, oh, we can't just have one man in control of Twitter because, like, you can't have it be a private company, except it already was a private company. Mm. <laughs> like, people kind of forget that. Twitter was not a pu- Twitter is not a public service, in case you haven't oh, already yeah. realised that. It was already a company all along. <laughs> You're just going down from a board of, like, I don't even know how many people were on the Twitter board, like five people down to one person. Not really that much of a difference. Mm. So who cares? I still don't really understand why he wants to buy Twitter. No, that is the real actual question. Is like, what what is he even intending to do? I mean, it can't be to make money, surely. No. <laughs> I think he just wants Twitter to stay around. Like, I, I guess with if you've got the richest possible man and like who owns it, it's like I guess it won't die. He just wants it to stay alive, and if he owns it, it will. I mean, because he could just I guess. pump money into it if it's in trouble. Yeah, but that, that's not how Twitter stays alive. Twitter stays alive by people using it. <laughs> it's like, technically, the money aspect is irrelevant in both directions. Putting more money in, unless you're doing, like, actual development onto the platform or whatever. But, which, like, which what, can you, yeah. what can you even do to social media at this point? Well, I bet you can tweet your car, and then your, your car will turn its engine on, and <laughs> then... Or maybe he's like maybe he's thinking of buying Uber as well, so you could tweet Uber and then Uber will self-drive a Tesla to you. Or maybe then... he wants to make his own metaverse, so he had to have a social media company to start with. Well, maybe. <laughs> he's, got to, he's got to worry about space first. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got or a lot of things to theoretically maybe, worry about. Maybe he doesn't have to worry about that. He's kind of got that sewn up, right? For at that Has moment. he? Like, doesn't he... Aren't a lot of, like, the... Uh, restocking missions that happen now managed by SpaceX. Stuff. Yeah, but at this point, that's still because he's basically the only person able to do it. Yeah. Still no one else has managed to catch up. That's what I mean. He doesn't need, like, if, you're the, if you've got no competition, you don't need to do, you don't need to innovate. Well, that is, that is the problem, though. You do need to innovate if we're going to continue doing this. Although, unfortunately, what he seems to have innovated is throwing a shit ton of extra space junk into space, which is not actually helpful. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's a good times all around from the Elon Musk factory. <laughs> the Elon Musk process. <laughs> so let's go back to Sega. The muskening. <laughs> he's probably just... He's probably still just, like, doesn't quite know what to do with himself after splitting from Grimes, right? It's, <laughs> it's a... It's a midlife crisis. He just instead of buying a car because he's got all the cars, he just <laughs> he's continued to buy all the cars. Yeah, more cars. <laughs> buy something else. Sega, uh, yeah, Sega are doing things at, at last. Doing... After they kept saying they were going to do for a long time, and then nothing happened. They're doing positive things and negative things all well, at once. I would, which of the, which of these are the positive thing? Well, technically, the positives are su- uh, like. Okay, I'm, I'm going to spin it as a positive. <laughs> yeah. Like, is the announcement of what Super Game Project is supposedly going to churn out. The first of which being a new crazy taxi game. Are you ready? I mean, that seems like far too easy. Like that. <laughs> How has there not been another crazy taxi game by now? <laughs> I mean, all, all crazy taxi has ever needed 
is a crazy taxi game with a reasonable amount of content. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even become an actual game, not an arcade game. Because, yeah, all, <laughs> all of them have been severely lacking in actual content. They're great games. It's like, especially that first one. I love that first one. But um, slightly less so, Crazy Taxi 2. Yeah. And I don't think I played 3, which is the... That was on the original Xbox, wasn't it? It was kind of one of their early, mm. like, hey, Sega going all in on Xbox yeah, things. Yeah, I, I remember that. Um, don't remember. High Roller, I think it was called. And the, yeah, they, they they messed up some of the mechanics and then like it wasn't quite right. Um, so I'm, I don't know. I'm quite hyped for a Crazy Taxi to come back. Apparently it's like over a year in development at this point, so it's probably still some way off. Um well, unless they are crapping it out like an arcade game, in which case it's not that far off. Well, yeah, um, I mean, I I don't think it's not going to be an arcade game. I think they're just going to make another one in that exact style. Well, but Sega, like, well, I suppose Sega's still making arcade games. Yeah, well, I'm not saying they're backing out of the arcade. Make an arcade game. <laughs> so they're going to make an an, a game of an arcade style. Mm. I mean, there's no harm in that if it's priced right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's fine. <laughs> if it's priced right, or as I say a lot recently, or if it ends up a game pass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which Sega have been doing quite a lot of recently, yeah. so it's so, possible. Sega have kind of embraced it, so that's, that's good. Um, and the other thing they say they're working on is a new Jet Set Radio project, and they kind of described it as being like a full, a full, not just a, like a little project, like a full Jet Set Radio thing. Um, that's all we know about that. Admittedly, they stopped there. Um, but hey, Jet Set Radio. The, the thing everyone's been asking for for like 20 years. Well, now they're only making it because Bob Ross Showfunk is going to come out. And steal their thunder. Yeah. <laughs> and probably be better. <laughs> probably be better. They've realised um, that people did actually want it all along. <laughs> they weren't yeah. just saying it. The thing is, right, you get loads of stuff like that, though, where people keep going, oh, we want a new one of these, like Splinter Cell. People always are like, oh, we want a new Splinter Cell. Yeah. New Ubisoft have just ignored it for the last 15 years or whatever it was. Oh, but that's sort of actually happened for a while right they did keep making splinter cell games because people were like yeah splinter cell was good let's but they just became less and less splinter cell and they didn't really sell um the last the last couple in particular i think didn't do that well at all they were bad games i think is the problem i think that is the problem but then you know you're outside looking in you think oh splinter Splinter cell ip isn't worth anything we won't make any more of those it's It's the tom classy ip that's worth something apparently yeah even though all those games sucked as well yeah that, that can't Clancyverse can't be worth that much now. I mean, I know Siege is the thing that does gangbusters for them, and but and Division, Divi- Division, yeah. Division Two did all right. Yeah, they're good games. Yeah, yeah. Um, apparently that new extra- Alien Siege didn't oh, do too good. Extraction sounds appalling. Oh yeah, I um, I've played a little bit of that before, yeah. and yeah, it's not good. It's not fun at all, in my opinion. No, it's like. Just even from the outside looking in, the balance seems wrong. Like, like you're, you're trying to put Rainbow Six Siege tactics into a zombie shooter. It's like zombies aren't that stealth. <laughs> That's an interesting idea. Is like if you die, then your character's like you can't use that character until you rescue it. Yeah, and stuff like that. That's kind of cool. But and there's like an early game, but it's tied more into the early game stuff, right? As well, where it's like you had the, your character's actually got XP and up to a point, wasn't it? And then it's like once you reach that point, they're okay. They're not going to lose XP from dying again. Mm. Like there's some interesting mechanics there, some interesting persistence to keep you. I guess what they were going for was invested in in your in your player, and it's like so fair play to that side of it. It just felt like a bad Left for Dead or something. Yeah, it just didn't feel fun. I don't. I think it's hard to knock the concept 
except for the bit where they put Clancy in it. <laughs> it's like if they had done it any other way, it probably would have been okay. Well, they they just put Clancy on everything though. Every well, game they make, they just put Clancy yeah, on it. Clancy. They're making, making they're making a couple of other Clancy games as well, aren't they? I can't remember what they were now, but there's a new division thing they're making. Hmm. Oh, I thought the, the division... free to play division game. Oh, okay. Making. I thought the division team were working on something else. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's the same people, but there's a new division free to play thing they're making, which which always mildly annoys me because the division team are massive entertainment. Yep. <laughs> When they should totally just make another one of those RTSs. <laughs> They're not going because they've forgotten that they even made RTSs. Yeah, it's probably not the same team anymore, no, right? Exactly. It's one of the greatest travesties <laughs> in the RTS field. What's that game even called? I can't remember now. World in Conflict. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. What a great game that was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The only there is a shadow hanging over this though. It's like those on their, on their own. Those announcements sound great. The problem is, is that in the past, Sega, when talking about Super Game Project, have talked, uh, I've mentioned basically anything under the sun that would make, I don't know, gamers like myself, and I think all of us, go a little bit, oh no, what are you doing? Things like live services and constant money streams and potentially NFTs. And it's like, hmm. I hope you backed away from that. And those have been spoken about in the context of quote-unquote super game project. And it's like, whether or not they're actually going to lean into any of that stuff in these is... We have absolutely no idea, because they were just things said in interviews, probably by some marketing guy who's not actually making the game. But they are a little worrying. Um I don't know if a live service Jet Set Radio is what I want. <laughs> well, no, Jet Set Radio would be the NFTs, right? You'd yeah. Go, make the graffiti the NFTs. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could probably... <laughs> How many apes do you want in, in Jet Set Radio? Yeah, exactly. Still. But we do know one thing that Sega is fucking up the business model of. Uh, yes. <laughs> or, or, before, before we move on to Sorry, that, mate. I do want to say I do follow Hideki Naganuma on Twitter. Yeah. And uh, he hasn't mentioned his involvement in Jet Set Radio. <laughs> I know. So, um, That's sad. I don't know if he's allowed to announce it or not. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, it'd probably be quite early for that. Basically, half of every tweet he sends is, okay, it, it, it's a nightmare feed. He knows he's a, he's a proper shit poster. So it's like, it's, it's a, it's, it's, He's lying and making stuff up and talking nonsense the entire time. It's like it's it's a it's a nightmare. I can't recommend you follow him. However, <laughs> like like a good third, I would say, of his posts or his replies are to people asking what like when's Jet Set Radio coming? And he's like, Don't ask me, ask Sega. <laughs> um that is like that is like most of his feed. Um So yeah, he either can't say that or or my guess is he's not involved. Speaking of all these old games, they're thinking about bringing back. Give me a new Golden Axe, damn it! <laughs> I mean, they oh, already tried I mean, that they once, did that, didn't they? Didn't they? they tried making. They, well, didn't they try and turn Golden Axe into like a yeah, adventure game? Yeah, that was game? terrible. Yeah, but <laughs> in the three sixty, they, they were making a new Golden Axe and they got oh, cancelled, yeah, didn't they? Ah. And they put the demo on Steam oh, right, a year yeah. ago, wasn't it, or something? Yeah. I mean, it was a super early demo. Yeah, it was like, like a barely anything. Whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, because like, they put it up there because it's like yeah, we were making this and we didn't do it, but here, here you go. Have a look at what we were thinking about. But it actually seemed decent, though. That was the thing. Oh, really? But yeah, I want a new Golden Axe now, because I love Golden Axe. Even if it's terrible, I want it. But they, need to, <laughs> they need to do a deal with... Um, oh, I've forgotten what the studio's called. Is it .emu? Um, mm. 
that's not a studio, is it? I, I don't know. Anyway, those guys, the Windjammers two guys, because they're the guys that also did Streets of Rage four. Yeah, and Streets of Rage four was great. Love that game. Um, well, you know, it has, it has some Streets of Ragey type problems towards, <laughs> especially in the back half of that game. But hey, it was a pretty pretty good return to form for the series. It's like I, I reckon they because it's a beat 'em up. They've done it before. I reckon they'd be a good fit for Golden Axe. Maybe not their current art style. That might need a tweak. I don't mm-hmm. think because they've used the same art style for Streets of Rage and Windjammers, and it's like I'm not sure that's quite the right fit for a Golden Axe. But it'd probably be fine. They could probably do that. But make it pixels. <laughs> in, but that's what we say about you know, make it make it two D art. I mean, like don't maybe not pixels, but you know, make it make it two D art. Don't don't go. You don't need to go polygonal with Golden Axe. No. Not unless it's super stylized. I think that's true of like almost any old game you yeah. have to bring back. You have to stylize it now. Or just pixels. I mean, look Got at that. Advanced ones. I mean, look at that new tur- <laughs> look at that new Turtles game, right? Yeah. That new Turtles game looks pretty, pretty, pretty dope. Talking about pixels, let's do the segue we were gonna do. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess. Uh, Sonic Origins. I don't even know where to begin with this exactly. This is this is nightmare fuel. Okay, so Sonic Origins, for those that aren't away, is a collection of an, another re-release of the first four Sonic games. So that's Sonic 1, Sonic CD, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, technically Sonic and Knuckles as well. So okay, let's call it five. Let's be, let's be generous. But, you know, Sonic 3 and Knuckles was supposed to be one game. It's uh, all of them in one lovely package for... Eh, you know, not a, not a small amount of money. Was it like thirty five quid, something like that, English? Yeah. Um, but you know, those are great games. They've done a little bit of work to them to make them widescreen. Finally, um, although that work had kind of already been done on Sonic CD, thanks to Christian Whitehead and his and uh, what he was working on before uh, before Sonic Mania. Um, so I guess they get that for free. But the others, they've done the same work too, which is which sounds good. Why not? But 35 quid. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a bit of a rip. But this is the, just the tip of the iceberg. It's like, it has possibly the worst <laughs> DLC scheme I've ever seen. Okay, they've put a chart out, and okay, uh, um, it's not as crazy as a Ubisoft um, chart. pre-release <laughs> chart. Those are insane. Those, those continue to be insane. Um, but this is still pretty weird. Like so, so there's like a like the base game. There's like a pre-order set of bonuses. There's two or three DLC packs, um, all of which sound like they should have been in the original game, and all of them aren't that cheap either. So and, and like they're really struggling for content to just throw in them. Like the the one everyone's touting is the is the, is the super mad one is like character animations in the menus is a is a DLC feature. That's kind of nuts, right? It's I suppose in Fortnite you can get like a loading screen, like your change of a loader, lo- the change of what is displayed while the game is loading is a thing and it's an aesthetic and you can potentially buy those, oh, you could, which is kind of nuts. Why well, don't they but, even buy them as the, on their own, right? You buy them in packs. Like, oh, right. I see. So you buy as part of like a skin pack or whatever. It will have okay, a loading screen or something. Still, something it's anyway. a weird. Like, well, you, could, you could buy animated background bullshit for the PS3. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. 
So yeah, I, I could sort of see where some marketing person probably looked at it and thought, it was like, yeah, but we can sell themes for this. And it's like... Except that it'll be one, because that's it, what Sega does. They make a DLC and they make yeah. one thing. It's one theme for a game, and it's like, why, not, why can't be... they just be animated anyway? <laughs> it's like, you've made, like just, just put it in the game. going to be sitting in the menu? Like... Yeah, you want to be playing the game. <laughs> and then the, uh, it gets even like, kind of weirder, but... Like in the fact that they they're like the, okay they've shown pictures of the menu and the men the background of the menu has like the Sonic Islands in them and it's like you can unlock the ability to spin those islands with them. <laughs> whilst you're in the, like does that okay does that mean they're still behind the menu but now you've got your right stick will spin them like <laughs> that was just a feature of Sonic Mania yeah <laughs> go into the sound test and then it spins yeah or like I can't. Like, are you that impatient that you'd have to? You really want to look at this Sonic Island? You can't just wait for it to turn round on its own. Assuming it does turn round. As, on its own. Assuming it does. It's, it's so a fixed angle. What if there's a secret on the back? What if you have to wait? What if you have to look at it from the rear to find the secret code? It's so weird. And it's like, in terms of Sonic re-releases, this is a very unsega thing to do because, like, like, if you look back at even the earliest ones they did, like Sonic Mega Collection and. Mega Collection Plus back in the GameCube era, they threw in a whole load of extras. Yeah. And like, just like the disc was chock full of like random bonuses and things to unlock from playing the games. And um, didn't it have more games as well? Or was it, or was it just the same? Uh, I forget what was in Mega Collection. I think it missed Sonic CD. I think it was like the early Sonic yeah, games. Because Sonic CD was just real terrible to get to work back then. Yeah. And Mega Collection Plus was kind of they went that was the one that went sort of left field and had like oh sorry not Mega Collection Plus there was like Gems Collection sorry oh, yeah. that was the one that went left field and had like Sonic the Fighters and mm. and the Game Gear games and um, yeah went off in a very different direction which was still cool um, and even their own Sega Genesis collection on 360 um, yeah that had loads that of had stuff. loads of stuff in it. And secret stuff, and like you could unlock whole other ge- and arcade games. You could unlock whole, whole other things and have other variants of things just by playing the games. It was those were great collections um, at the right price. This is not that. Like I know they, I know Sega know the Sonic fandom is crazy and and stupid. Yeah, I'm one of them, but like you, you, we're, we're stupid people. <laughs> we must know that. Yeah, this is... Mm. Mm. And it gets worse. As part of releasing Sonic Origins, because they want you to buy that, they're taking off any other previous re-release and <laughs> delisting it. So if you wanted to just... The, what is it? The Sega Ages versions of the games. Yeah, they're going. If you wanted the uh, Mega Drive Classics versions that are on Steam, yeah, they're disappearing. And I think that was already like a couple of quid or something. Like I think to get hold of the mm-hmm. Mega Drive Classics, it's like, yeah, okay. I know they, I know they want to want you to spend a bit more money, but that's a mm, mm. It's angering. <laughs> it's angering. And then we just have to wait for December, I guess. What when we hear about Sonic? <laughs> yeah, when the game presumably comes out, <laughs> because at this point, it's, if they're still claiming it's going to be this year, then it's going to be very late this year. Very late this year. What's, <laughs> what's that thing even called? It's not Sonic Zap anymore. I've forgotten what its actual name. Frontiers. Frontiers there we go. Yes. Sonic Frontiers. 
Which is supposed to be pissed off about that. Which I think is the first game, Sonic, the big Sonic title they've made since they claimed they were going to spend time on Sonic yeah, again. After Forces. After Forces and like not worry. Yeah. Like we're not going to rush this out. We're going to make it, we're going to make it good. Which is quite an admittance. <laughs> but then we'll see whether they actually succeed in that or whether they even understand what madness was in terms of Sonic. <laughs> also admittance. It's admission, isn't it? Like, no. <laughs> no, not the right, not the right word. I don't know. I find the collection thing kind of crazy because even because yeah, Capcom are doing that fighter collection, right? Which is quite a deal in itself. Yeah, which I mean, lot... it's like this, the same price, I think, as the yeah. Sonic one, or, or near enough, anyway. And, and, and there's, a, there's a lot of games that have never actually exactly, been released. That, that's in that's that what's thing. interesting about that one. It's got a bunch of fighting games and stuff that have never had a sort of proper home release. Sort yeah, of thing. Darkstalkers has been quite underrepresented in the uh, in re-releases. And it's um, it's quite a well liked old game, um, old fighter. It's not one of the. I wouldn't say it's one of Capcom's greats, but it's um, mm. it's well liked. It's well respected. Yeah. So admittedly, I don't think they're doing anything to them. I don't think they're like doing anything like Sega is with actually like upgrading. Well, they're them. adding online to all of them. Yeah, and lobby systems and all that. But yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't which, think which isn't which isn't nothing. No, but I don't think they're doing anything like like the Sega one does, where they're actually like upgrading the games completely. Oh no, no, I don't think so. But even so, I feel like something like that is a way better. Yeah, it's a much better package. Yeah, way better package than what Sega are offering. Even the um, was it the beat 'em up bundle from a few years back, which again, yeah. same deal. Like a lot of Capcom games that never made it out of the arcade uh, officially. Were, were yeah, just provide just put in a package, and there was quite a few of them. Was it seven or eight of them in that yeah, package? I don't think that one got a physical release though, right? That was just digital, I think. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. Um, but still, yeah, much better, much better bundle. Mm. And it's like basically Sega have been doing this for too long at this point. <laughs> they've already re-released these games like three or four times, and yeah. they've just realised that they they don't have any more content to release. So they're just like, shit, we have to re-release the same thing again. Let's just invent some other way to try and charge people money for it. Yeah, I mean, it's nice that they put it put it widescreen. That again, not nothing, but it's a it's it's a tiny little thing. Yeah. It's like I, I bought that Sonic CD re-release because it's like okay, I like Sonic CD is actually kind of hard to get hold of. Um, and play it properly. And um, even to get it emulated is not trivial. <laughs> not, well, yeah, because well, especially if you want the actual CD music, yeah. there's a few hoops to jump through. Um, but you can, you can do it. And, well, you know, there's that PC version, I suppose, if you can get that to run. Um, I just think it would have been... But that was a good version as well, because, you know, it was, it was a... It was a ground up engine like it wasn't actually the original game it was sonic cd but it was running on the closest damn engine you could make to mm. it because uh what, what they're doing with these ones as well isn't it they're actually porting them they're mm, not not yeah. emulated no it's um yeah it's new code but yeah like it would have been nice if they threw in like sonic spinball and you know maybe yeah, sonic 3d or something or all of them but then yeah like, oh but then you can listen to the music from those games if yeah, you want because exactly. that's one of the dlc packs it's like because you can't watch that shit on youtube already or you know for now <laughs> or quite easily get hold of them and presumably like that doesn't unlock like the uh oh you can just download the mp3 for like a lot of steam no, of like, it's like no you have to use the in-game player to just listen to these sonic tracks that you can listen to anywhere probably more conveniently and if you're that much of a sonic head that you that you would probably be interested in soundtracks well. anyway you've probably got them somewhere yeah i mean i'd 
I can understand that perhaps doing the work for like Sonic Spinball and Sonic 3D in particular probably trickier to do because they're not they won't be based on the same core code set, I guess. Uh, like you know, they're not those they're not those games. Like they were, they were outsourced effectively. They were written by different teams. Yeah, of course. But when you're talking about a Sonic Origins collection, they're the sort of I think about those games as well. You know, because they're yeah. from similar eras. To why some not? Extent. Why not throw in those Game Gear games? Yeah, like the Game Gear ones as well, because they're, they're much different to the console ones, aren't they? You're probably not going to get that hooked on a Game Gear game in 2022. I'm just just saying, like it's they're kind of hard to go back to now. Yeah. Um, Sonic 2 was awful <laughs> on Game Gear. Do you remember that one? Oh, man, Sonic 2 is one of my favorites. <laughs> it was just so trolly, though. Oh, yeah, it was super trolly. <laughs> like, death jumps and, like... Uh, I, I remember The first the special- damn level was, was really hard. <laughs> well, I remember the... Was it the second zone in particular with the clouds? And it's like, if you were, if you were going for a Chaos Emerald run on that thing, you had yeah. to memorize the exact cloud which had the springs in them. And they... Because they, they didn't look any different from any other cloud. And it was just, it was just a... Yeah... Just a crapshoot trying to learn exactly where they were. But I did that shit. <laughs> because I was a crazy kid. Yeah. And you had a game gear. <laughs> and I had a game gear. What else news? Anything else? What, what else news? Uh, Splatoon 3 got a date. Uh, well, I, minor news. Yeah. Release dates are starting to happen now, yep. I guess. And it's later I mean, this it's, year. It's still this year, but it's later, I think, than I... Than, not summer. Well, not, I mean, technically it's summer, I guess. <laughs> is, is 9th of September summer really? I don't, I don't, um, I'd sort of think we're in autumn zone there. Anywho, it's yeah, a little bit later than planned. But hey, Splatoon 3 still coming. <laughs> they didn't randomly cancel it. <laughs> that's, that's, well, I don't think it was ever going to get cancelled. No, <laughs> that's why I'm saying it, they, so they put out a trailer with the... Um, they basically showed off all of the new specials, um, as far as I can tell. Right, yeah, um, the crab tank and the... Yeah, the missile launch. Uh, the, the the variant of the whaler that like has lots of little beams now rather than one fat one. Um, the sort of... Was it the jetpack? Alter- oh, yeah, the sort of sling, like grappling hook thing. Yeah. It's like a jetpack alternative. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they all look fine. Like, uh, But my, my sort of... My biggest concern is that they haven't really shown us why this needs a three yeah. yet. It's like, like I it, mean, the, the three will be if the like back end works better. <laughs> that, was our, that was our whole problem with Splatoon. Just give us a fucking server browsing mechanism that's more functional and less time limited, maybe. Oh, well, we yeah, that's the thing, that isn't it? They make Salmon Run not have weird zones in which you have to play it. That yeah. would be nice. That would be nice. I just, I feel like I need something more. They haven't shown us much about what the campaign is this time. Well, yeah. Sure. Um, so, so, so they might do something with that. Um, and they, they, I, I, I want to say they showed with, um, especially with, um, what was it, the Octo expansion for Splatoon Two, that they can mix up the formula a bit and do things and be be meta with their structure um, in ways that are cool. Um, so I want to see more of that, but yeah, I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for the sort of like, is it, is it something to grab me like with with it? Like, what's the, what's the real like? I'm not I'm not going to complain with more Splatoon ever. Like, don't don't get me wrong. It's like I'm, I'm all in already. Um, I mean, I don't think there's going to 
be anything that will do that. Like, the, probably quite soon before release, there will be a campaign trailer, I assume, because that will mm. be the big thing. But that isn't, like, I wouldn't have said that's necessarily really the selling point of Splatoon. <laughs> the multiplayer is the selling point of Splatoon. Yeah. The campaign is just a nice thing to have. Yeah, you, you go through the campaign. But the multiplayer first, is always going to be the multiplayer. The campaign is the thing that can be different, but that's not really what you're there for, really. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want to see them mix it up a little. Like, I don't, I'm not quite sure how they would do that, but I want to see them mix... Like, I mean, they can invent more game modes, but then that's yeah. just more game modes. I mean, I like that the spawn point isn't a spawn point now, and that you you launch in, so you get yeah. a little bit more control about where you actually land. I mean, yes, I'm hopefully reducing spawn camping somewhat, except for landing camping was mm. always the secondary problem of spawn camping, even in Splatoon 2. Yeah. I, I, I mean, even if the thing... That grabbed me was just a lot more salmon run variation. <laughs> well, sure. I mean, and, if they make but, salmon run like a full game, <laughs> yeah, oh, they're adding stuff to it, but sure. it, it still doesn't quite feel like they're adding enough. They're adding they're adding stuff to it that felt like they could have done as expansions. Well, yes, during Splatoon Two's <laughs> life cycle, rather than changing it significantly. Well, okay, they've got a few new mechanics that could be interesting, but anyway, Splatoon Three. I'm never not going to be hype. <laughs> yeah, I guess we Are can. we getting two new sisters? That's the question. And a new, and a new musical take on the... Uh, I mean... On Splatfests. Are we going to get more remixes <laughs> of the same song for the third time for another campaign? Well, yes. <laughs> Guaranteed. Now let's talk about PlayStation for a minute, I guess. What's going on? What weird shit they've been doing. Basically, because they're doing that thing where they're changing PlayStation Now and all that yeah. streaming stuff, they're merging them and like creating new weird tiers of service to compete with Game Pass, kind of. PlayStation Plus Premium Extra yep. slash slash Ultra. So because they're doing that, they've come up with these new tiers of service. that are, Some of them are equivalent to the old tiers, sort of. But then because of that, people were like... Oh, you're going. The price is going to go up of these certain tiers, so we better stock up on prepaid subscription cards now, so that we can just dump all those onto our account, like you would with Xbox Gold or whatever. Mm. Buy the cheapo cards and then just stack your account with time. Yeah, the uh, what ended up being a pretty generous transition period. But then Sony have decided to be the exact opposite of generous and basically said no. <laughs> They're basically not allowing you to redeem any cards or extensions to contracts until the new systems appear oh right even so if you've already brought the cards right so you can't you can't redeem them now no but they'll let you redeem them for well, some we don't know because they because the currently the issue is that you can't stack them anymore yeah but we don't know if they gonna they, allow that after that or not well but the thing they have already said in the like new terms of service is that they're going to let you use the old cards or whatever the prepaid time except they're going to do a conversion rate on it well that's fairly standard yeah yeah but it's like there's a sort of legal question here because when you get a like time card for the playstation it's like 12 months or whatever Mm. and on their website they're saying we're going to convert it via the monetary value of the card into a new period of time so like a 12 month card will only convert into like six months of time on the new system because the price has gone up or whatever 
assuming you change tiers? No, well, I, they've I thought, got it scaled by what tier you go into, basically. Yeah, because I thought base PlayStation Plus wasn't changing. Yeah, if it's if it's the base one, it stays the same, I think, and then mm. the higher tiers that you get reduced amounts of time per card. Which, yeah, kind of makes sense. That's what they did with Game Pass. But then the trouble with that is, like, legally speaking, they are sort of inventing a monetary value that they technically don't have, like... The cards only say on them 12 months. It doesn't say this gives you... This is worth... I mean, it has an RRP or whatever. Right. And that changes depending on where you're selling it. Yeah, but they're cards for PS Plus, right? Yeah. Which is technically the base tier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of. But then because of the way they're merging the two systems together, some people are going to get automatically pushed into a higher tier. If you have... If you you have the two together, you'll get mashed into the higher tier and then your cards become worth less well not worth less worth less <laughs> for what you might want yeah. for what you paid essentially well no not for what you paid they're trying to make it so yeah, that's, that's that tricky. what you paid for is the same value but the time will be different which is yeah. sort of what the cards say they're going to give you I mean it's tricky because it's all it's all, if you're going to get mashed into yeah the PlayStation now whatever that tier ends up being well, like tier 2 <laughs> instead of instead of tier 3 or whatever yeah. um, if you're going going into tier 2 then how else could you do that? Like, well, if you've exactly got like, because as... you're twelve, you're not buying just. You can't buy just twelve months of PlayStation Plus separately from now. I mean, that's what we're saying about this is why it's different from the way Microsoft did it because Microsoft just let you do that. Well, they, for, for, quite, for quite yeah. for quite a yeah. period of time, they kept everything separate, right? With when, like when the one dollar game... upgrade or whatever on the time. In fact, it's still there, isn't it? Everything yeah, everything still is still up. separated, but you know. That sounds like that's not going to stay that way for much longer. Yeah. But yeah, this this doesn't sound any different to Game Pass because, like, if you have Game Pass Ultimate and you redeem an Xbox Live twelve month code, it gives you like four months of Ultimate or right. whatever. So yeah. it's the same principle, right? Well, not even it'll be like three, three months now. or something. Yeah. But yeah, it's the same principle, right? There's no difference. There. Or like even when the EA Play card trick worked, yeah, that one worked for, for, well, for a yeah. while. But now it's like a six to one ratio or something like that. So it's like your twelve month EA Play will only get you two months. But yeah, I think the, the main issue is that they stopped people who have bought cards from being able to use them. Yeah, and I mean that is also another slightly possibly legal issue because in especially in America, in certain states like laws you're not you if you issue someone a gift certificate which by the, the these count basically in this legal definition if sure. you give them a diff, gift certificate you're not allowed to not give them the thing that the gift certificate says on it under any circumstances basically mm. even if you go even if your company goes bankrupt you still have to give them the gift whatever the gift certificate says you do which presumably is tricky for like like i don't know say ps plus folds or you know PSN as or PlayStation folds right, and you've got like fifty, you've got a fifty pound gift. Well, card. I mean, there is a, like a time limit to these laws, yeah. right? Like if it's more than five years old or whatever, it it goes away. Oh, but sure, but like imagine it's not, and you've got like fifty pounds worth of like service credit on a card that's now the service doesn't exist. Yeah, it's like, but I mean, that's, that, that is basically what this is saying for this time period where you're where they're not allowing you to redeem the cards then that's basically illegal under those laws. <laughs> yeah, because I think these cards, people are saying, last 12 months or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's no indication that they're going to be able to use them after. Oh, right, because if they've got loads of them, they're now boned. Yeah, because they're... Because they're... you're not allowed to stack them as well, which yes. is the other half of the problem. I mean, we, we don't know if they're going to enable stacking again or not, is the thing. Yeah, true. I mean, Microsoft, they had a stack... They introduced a stack limit at one point. Yeah, on three years side. on Microsoft, yeah. but you can still do it. Yeah, you can still stack it up to that much, which is 
Fair enough. But that's that's always been three years ever since it oh, came in, it? I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whereas PlayStation, I, I don't know what the limit was for PlayStation on stacking, mm. or if even there was a limit. I don't know. There must have been something. But, yeah, presumably. But yeah, no, the, it was more the fact that they just completely stopped it and didn't tell anyone they were going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so people are like buying all these cards. They're like, oh, I'm going to stack it up before they do the, uh, the conversion because it's more favorable <laughs> if you do it now. I mean that's the risk, isn't it? And like on some on some level, you got played fools. And maybe resell the cards, maybe if if there if will be a market, market for them. them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you mean that they do come back to be available at some point? Oh yeah, there'll be a bit. I reckon there'll be a bit of shifting. So they'll get picked up, but but it's just not the best. It's like it's the opposite of generous, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Typical Sony, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. Mm. They always seem to make the wrong decision on these things. Like, they do. They're not. They're not great with the like with the upgrades as well. Service planning, are they? PS4 and PS5 games where they're like, oh, we're going to charge you ten pound to upgrade and, <laughs> and stuff like that. Where Xbox is just like, yeah, we'll give it to you for free. You've, yeah. already, you've already bought the game. Why not play play what you want where you want? Yeah, I, I really appreciate Microsoft's uh, approach to this stuff. I just um, don't. It just it seems unnecessarily greedy. You know what I mean? It just it's like. Well, it's more that they seem a little blinkered, right? It's like they're, yeah, they're probably. I think they're still on top this generation. Oh probably, yeah, definitely. Not, not. I don't think the margin is as big as it was last gen. But, that, but that's like, only because they can't make as enough. If they yeah, could, exactly. they'd be way ahead. No probably. Doubt. Yeah, I think on on them. Um, you definitely hear more people talking about, oh, I can't get hold of a PS Five, than it's like, oh, I can't get hold of a Series. It's like, uh, you know, the conversation seems to be people want a PS Five. They don't know. They're not as desperate to get hold of Series X's. And it's like, yeah, everything seems level pegging at the moment, as you say, because of supply issues. The people that want a console are getting a console. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it just seems odd. It's like they're, they're directly competing, or they're trying to. They, they <laughs> should directly compete because Microsoft are their nearest rival in the space. We we count out Nintendo for every possible reason, yep. um, and they just don't seem to see what happened there and the goodwill it it spread. And it's like if they want to do a similar service for Game Pass, which admittedly they kind of don't. They I think they feel like they've been forced into this. Well, in um, some ways, this always seems like they just haven't thought about it enough. Like they, even though it's been ages since Game Pass has existed and you would have thought Sony would have got on that like as a com- competition thing quite quickly, it almost seems like they've rushed it and then kind of not planned ahead for all these contingencies Little and now details. they're just rushing to randomly change rules and be like, oh shit, what the hell do we do? Yeah. <laughs> and then cocking it up because of that. In fairness, like sounds like how PlayStation Network's architecture well, was yeah. as well. Like, That's you kind know. of why I was making that reference because yeah. that seems like a Sony thing to do. <laughs> abruptly have problems and not know what the shit to do about it and then just panic. <laughs> and then have months worth of development effort to try and solve it. Mm. Well, the whole thing just seems weird because they clearly don't want the Game Pass model to be a thing. No. So they're kind of like half going into it it's because, a, yeah. because what they're step. offering is pretty poor, right, overall? It's... Comparatively. Yeah, well, I think that their top tier comparatively isn't as good as Game Pass. The fact that they they are presenting a library at a considerably cheaper price than Game Pass, if you bought by an annual subscription, though, that's 
Yeah, but we don't know what that library is, and it could be no. Awful. We don't. We don't. We don't know what it is yet. That's true. Um, but it is coming in at a, at a lower price point than Game Pass. Yeah, you're not going to get day ones on that service, which I, I think is the most is one of the biggest draws. Yeah. yeah, absolutely of Game Pass. But like, it's it's reasonable, right? It's like I can see why they would they would look at services like I don't know. Everyone talks about oh, it's the Netflix of games and things like that. Use, let's use that phrase. But you look at you look at Netflix, and it's like aside from shows that are made by Netflix. It's like they don't get day one releases on many films, right? It's like it, it happens, but mm. it's but it's not the reason you buy Netflix. But the thing um, the thing I see about it is like if you if you wanted to play some games that are on that list or whatever, mm. you could buy it for like a couple of months, play those ones, and there's no real reason to keep it because no, you could drop it or you could because um, you're never going to get day one releases on it. Or you know, the second hand market for PlayStation and Xbox isn't as strong as Nintendo's, so you know, picking up a second hand game isn't quite so painful if you mm. really want to play something. Especially if you're playing like big titles that Sony put out, right? Like you could spend quite a while on them. If you want to play Horizon for a month, maybe or a couple of months, because you could. It's like maybe you're better off just buying that second hand for like a tenner, yeah. and then yeah, it just doesn't seem. Also, Sony are really good with their sales generally on games. Like, like they normally bump even their own properties down quite low. Like, I think that was how I played God of War. I think it went quite cheap. Yeah, it was like it was five pounds for a while. Like literally that cheap. Oh yeah, it, was, it wasn't that cheap when I got it. But like, it was like it was lucky. Um, what six months? No, it was nearly a year after it launched when I played it, and it was um, it was down to like. a like a cool 13 or yeah. something like that, which is a hell of a drop in a year. And it's like, ah, you know what? That's I'll go in for that. And definitely got, mm. I got a month's worth of PS plus out of enjoying that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's just it though. With game pass. Like the reason I like to keep my game pass active is because the day one releases can be quite interesting. Oh man, I'm addicted to it. Like pretty much everything I play is game. Pass yeah, now, exactly. So like... I, I play, I've played a few things that aren't on game. Pass, like King of fighters and, um, Elden Ring, things like that. Sure. But yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the things I play are on on Game Pass these days because they put on some really good stuff and yeah. they have really good day one releases on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are killing it, and it's only going to get better with all the ridiculous acquisitions Microsoft are making. Yeah, like Call of Duty on Game Pass. For God's sake, like it's going to happen. Things like that and Blizzard games. It's going to happen. Diablo on Game Pass. Oh man, if Overwatch Two comes out on Game Pass. It presumably will eventually. But it the, won't the, get launched, though. It won't right? launch, no. The, the, the deal will have, won't, yeah. have, won't have been done by the time that comes out. But, but, it but it'll be there eventually. This is, yeah, that's the thing with all this stuff happening. It's only going to look worse for Sony over time, isn't it? When you've got Call of Duty coming out day one and Overwatch later on. Yeah, but... I Okay, Go back to something we sort of touched upon earlier. I think PlayStation don't care about the fact that they're annoying people by this move because the people that are annoyed about it are the people that are super hardcore. And PlayStation has that hearts and has that sort of, I wouldn't say hearts and minds, that's maybe a bit too strong, but they have that sort of like the public mainstream view that PlayStation is games, right? That And those people aren't going to necessarily be the sort of person that are going out buying cards to try and stack up and get a deal on their PS Plus. But I also feel like all of these subscription plans are a bit scummy in some ways because people end up paying for stuff they don't actually use a lot of the time. can't possibly use. That's the whole point. 
That is the whole model, exactly. right? Exactly, it's, it's scummy. Like, where it is now, like, all you need is PS Plus, basically, if you want to play stuff online, right? Pretty much, that's all you need. Mm-hmm. And even most people probably don't even need that because they play Fortnite or whatever, and you don't need it. Oh, right, uh, uh, yeah. Because of a specific deal. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. So it's like, yeah, in that situation, if you want to play online, you just buy PS Plus, and it's, like, super cheap, right? Mm. Whereas now, you're forced to have... Well, <laughs> buy super cheap, like, still, like, 40, 50 quid a year. Yeah, but... It's not bad, is it, really, over a year? But, yeah, now they're for, like they're probably going to end up having people in higher tiers and stuff that they didn't necessarily need to be in higher tiers. And Sony don't care? No, no, no Sony don't care, but it's, it's, it just comes across scummy again, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Xbox is the same in that sense with the whole Game Pass and Ultimate. Like, yeah. you don't really need Ultimate if you're only on Xbox. That's true. I, I can't really remember. I mean, I play a few games on PC, through that mechanism yeah but, I've played but, a few as well not but not many in the grand scheme like I tried Halo Infinite on PC but it's like it runs better on my Series X so that's why I play it yeah I um, played a bit of Age of Empires oh okay right but yeah like for most people you probably don't necessarily need Ultimate but I don't know if it's actually cheaper to have that rather than Golden Xbox Game Pass uh, separately I don't know like but... I said that's all, that's all changing so like I don't reckon there probably will just be like a tier 1, 2, 3 system coming to um, game Pass, right? They'll have like tier one will be like gold is for now, and then tier two will be Xbox only Game Pass or something. Yeah, it might only be two tiers. It's like I don't know. I mean, they might get rid of Just Xbox only. Yeah. yeah. Anywho, <laughs> subscriptions. Mm. I mean, I know I have too many. I need, like, you know, because I've got Disney Plus and Prime and Netflix, and it's... Uh, admittedly, I, I like Prime's a bonus. I got Prime for the delivery stuff. Yeah, like, definitely. Uh, but it's... Um, which, you know, increasingly feels like a bit of a rip-off because everyone seems to be able to deliver fast now. I know Amazon's <laughs> network is insane, but it's like... It's the way you've been drone deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or same-day deliveries in the... Some people, on I mean, you can do that in, in, in big cities. Yeah, that's that's kind of a thing. And in fairness, like in Ipswich, it should probably be a thing. Given we've got a massive depot, depot now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd think that would be like one of these sort of built-in things for the depots is to just have like a post office attached to the ways to it. Yeah, like, just walk in and pick up your shit. <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be bad, would it? Yeah, especially, especially for you because you live right next to it. Yeah, one. be like, oh. I need this cable or something. I'll just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. go buy one and pick it up straight away. It'd be like go. an Argos or whatever. Yeah. Just look in the catalogue, find the thing, great, and then yeah. just like, the robot goes and gets it. <laughs> yeah. Or if you want to impulse buy something, and just like, mm, yeah, I want one of those. Oh, and I can get it right now. Yeah. I'd probably end up buying more if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Capitalism, woo. <laughs> Capitalism, woo. Now let's talk about games. Games we have been playing. I'm out of news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was that was the news. We still talked about it for a good long time because that's what we do. I mean, we, we rambled well. Let's talk about <laughs> games, I suppose. Games. I'll talk about games. Go on then. Um. Well, it's, it's been a mainly updates, basically, to games that I've already played. So I, the first one, the oldest one I went back to, I've been doing this weird thing where I keep looking at my Steam list and it's sorted by last played, like by date, basically. 
and I keep scrolling down on the seamless and being thinking like, oh, I could totally go go play one play. I could totally go for playing one of these games that I haven't played for a while, like I don't know, Planet Coaster or something. Mm. And I scroll down the list and I look at it. It's like last played in 2016, and I'm like. I kind of don't want to break that streak. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there forever. <laughs> Which is a real dumb thing to randomly think. Wait, like, wait, wait. You like the fact that it seems that it says a long time ago. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm looking at the bottom <laughs> of the list where it's just like, why is the oldest one? Because then you get to the point where it's like Steam doesn't remember yeah. because of when they actually implemented that system or whatever. <laughs> so there's some of the bottom of the list which is like, oh yeah, I did play that, but it just never has a date. But yeah, I was looking at old things, but like, so the old thing I did go back to I guess because it actually has Steve's been doing the thing where it's just been putting the news post for it in my feed. Oh, okay, yeah. So it prompted me to remember about it, essentially. But like, I went back to Surviving Mars for like okay. a, a mm-hmm. little bit. Although I was... Uh, I did like a quick run on easy settings just to get back into it and be like, oh yeah, I remember how all these systems work. But then, uh, then I got to the really annoying bit where I looked at the achievements list... But because that game has had a bunch of DLC, the DLC achievements are just in that list because that's just how that works in Steam, mm. which is annoying. I think they should actually change that system. <laughs> because Have they, cha- they changed that anywhere else? Did do other things split those up? I mean, the Xbox did at some point, right? They, they had the DLC achievements were separate. Not on Xbox, no. I want to say somewhere did it, but I can't remember where. I think... Was it the uh, the arcade games you could have separate achievements as, as deals in DLC packs for arcade games? Uh, maybe because you could add more. Yeah, because you could go past the thousand, right? Well, you can on normal games as well. Well, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, because arcade games only had a limit. They had a limit, didn't they? Yeah. Two hundred at launch. Yeah, when when Xbox Arcade Live Arcade was a thing, it was two hundred. I don't know if that. They might have still even been in the same list, even if you did. Yeah, I think that they were. I think, yeah. they did, I think they did get added, but there was like there was like a limit on what DLC packs could could have as well. I think it was like two hundred for main games and fifty for like arcade games or something like that. But then what what smart people do to compensate for that system usually is make the achievements like a different color or like have, yeah. a, have a border or something to let you know that it's a DLC achievement at least, mm. which the Fire Mars does not do. <laughs> So I looked at that achievement list and I was like, I'm sure I didn't get all the achievements in this game, so let's look at this list and see if I can determine which achievements are from the base game that I could still do, because I have any of the DLC. And sometimes it's obvious, because it's like, well, all the ones about terraforming is from the terraforming DLC. And it's like, okay, good, I don't need to worry about those. But the problem was that when they when, when they do the DLC packs, often like some of the features get backported into vanilla. And one of the ones that I remember happening was they added like a bunch of extra mission sponsors, which are just like the, it's sort of a difficulty level kind of. So you choose whatever country or company is running the mission and that gives you certain bonuses. Mm. So when they add that, I think in one of the updates, it might not have even been a DLC, but they added some more sponsors and then they also added some achievements but the trouble with that is they added achievements that you could do in the base game and achievements that you could do in the DLC pack, but they're both related to sponsors and you can't tell the difference. Uh, yeah, <laughs> problem. So I went through that list and I looked at it. I was like, well, I don't want to do anything too difficult. Well, I was I, I was like, I'm okay with doing one of these achievements, which is like do it at 500% difficulty because it's not time limited. Right. So I'm like, I can take as long as it as, as necessary, be as careful as necessary, and it will, even on the hard difficulty, I can do that. So I picked that, and then it, the achievement didn't pop after the whole run. No, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that must have been one of the DLC ones." Oh, that sucks. 
And it's dumb because, like, the specific conditions that the DLC tells you to do, where it's like, play as this company in 500% difficulty, you can do that in the base game. Like, the company exists, 500% difficulty exists. It could have just been a bugged achievement. Well, it could have been, but... Because the, some of the other sponsor mission achievements you can get in the base game, and they're no different. It's like, players, this sponsor, do this thing. Mm. It's just apparently this one <laughs> is not. Because <laughs> oh. some of the other ones aren't, where it's like, some of the sponsors aren't in the base game, so you can't get those, but then you can't tell them to make a difference in the achievements. Man, that sucks. Mm. <laughs> it was quite annoying. That is quite annoying. I want to say PlayStation might be the one that splits it out, actually. I'm trying to remember like mm. when I played Spider-Man. And Maybe. that, and I, I had all the DLC for that, and I think that actually splits them out. I think, mm. or at least it has some way of making it obvious, right? Um, yeah, I kind of wish they did split it on Xbox because when you complete a game and get all the achievements, yeah, you want it to say like, get, "Oh, you completed." You want that, you like, want you want that you completed the game. Yeah, you want that badge to say, "I finished. I beat the base." Well, it's level. not just it's, that. It's like because like, like, that's the problem with the Steam ones, right? You yeah. like because they expand and they they mess up your percentage. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Like, you get a thousand out of a thousand on an Xbox mm. game. You're like, "Yes, I've got everything." And then they release DLC, and it's like, "Now I've got a thousand out of yeah, one thousand. Yeah. And it's like, "Oh," and it, and it takes away your like completed uh, yeah. stat as well because it's no longer just because I didn't buy that. That terrible DLC they released and didn't yeah. play it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It sucks. It's very annoying. And that uh, still applies to Steam too. I still feel like most DLC is a total waste of time. Definitely. Most. Yes. So there was that. Uh, the other not as old thing that I went back to for a moment because they released an update but I didn't actually play because I just went in to look at what had changed. There was the most recent update for Dyson Sphere program. They did something that I thought was kind of interesting in in the concept of like one of these factory builder games mm. is that they've they've implemented a thing that is sort of a new game plus. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so what you do is when you when you save it's based on the like world seed. So it's so if you play the same seed, it doesn't like only one of the saves counts if you're playing multiple saves on the same seed, okay, essentially. Right if you restart the map but when you save it it saves out your production rate of the science cubes at over the last hour basically so it just takes it from the production graph mm. so it's like how many of the science cubes do you make in the last hour it saves those numbers and then like that gets pulled into a like a meta layer where you can when you start a new game that pool of extra science cubes is basically there in every new game that you start and then you can just use that to unlock parts of the tech tree for free essentially interesting so you get like so it's like a passive basically you don't need the ability to make those cubes you've yeah. just you've just sort of got them yeah you so so it's sort of from my perspective it's not actually very worthwhile because it's too like, too low value also why because like well, it's why, because why would you do a level again but easier well it's because no one wants to go through the early game right it's the, the classic problem with factory games is like the early game is always annoying and boring because you're oh, having to grind for all the so, same early techs and you're really limited to what you can do so this is like is this like for the people that think like okay this world was quite nice i can hyper optimize yeah this. i can do it again and better I just want to design something something nice, but I don't want to have to go through the game to do it. Well, yeah, or, or I want to get to the bit where I can actually do the designing faster. Right. Yeah. Like, I want to be able to unlock blueprints faster or whatever, because yeah, yeah. otherwise you have to go through the tech tree to get to that point. Right, I see. Oh, okay, I didn't realise blueprints was like an unlockable. I mean, it's not but, high up yeah. the tech tree, but it is a thing you have to unlock. Sure. But yeah, so they've added this weird meta layer of 
all of your saves contribute to this like overall pool that you can then pull out of to unlock text in one of your games. But unfortunately, from my perspective, it's not really high enough value because like my best factory that I've the biggest one that I've ever made, I was only aiming for like one of each color of cube per second because that's just a convenient number <laughs> and it's easy to build, relatively speaking. Mainly because it's easily divisible. Like the, the mm. blue cubes are more like they make one in three seconds. So you just build three labs that make blue cubes. There you go, one a second. <laughs> Easy maths. And also that sort of scale of building was what I could manage, mm. like without getting too ridiculous. So I was like, okay, I can do that. I can just design a blueprint where I can basically just lay down an entire factory that builds one cube per second, and that's fine. But then if you're thinking about one cube per second, and then that gives you like, 60 of the meta cubes and that's like you know the first six texts on the tech tree that's basically nothing <laughs> and then that also applies to every color of cube except obviously when you get up to like the green cubes which are like the last tier well apart from white but that's special once you get to the green cubes where it's like you get it's still one per second so it's still 60 green cubes but then the techs are like so much more expensive mm. that's like a fraction of one of those unlocks or at least I assume that's how it works because I I didn't play the game, so I didn't get very far up the tech tree to see if if it scales directly with right, how see. much they cost to unlock. I assume it does. Hmm. But then again, like so I, for me, I don't feel like that's very worthwhile. But I mean, it but, but, it, it's, it, but it's something, right? If you do want to do an early yeah. an early skip for some reason, yeah. it's, it's there. But then I mean, it's like skipping the prologue, right? It, if you don't need, if, like, if you want to play GTA Online, you don't have to play the GTA Five prologue. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but then I think it more—it's more beneficial for the people who build ridiculously huge factories to sort of basically give them a reason to play the game over again, because then they don't have to—they don't have to suffer through the early game. They can get back to building big new factories but in a new universe mm. and it also benefits people who make a lot of saves like if you restart if you get to a certain point and decide you don't like this factory and you want to start over it's still you're getting a small amount of benefit from having even played that factory yeah okay <laughs> so it's it's basically exactly not beneficial for me in the way i <laughs> would hope are they rogue legacying the factory game no i don't think it's going to go rogue like <laughs> <laughs> i mean apart from randomly generated universes well, yeah, well you know give up on a run and you get slightly slight benefits for the next one <laughs> yeah i mean you do kind of i guess but yeah that, that's a quite a weird system that i never would have thought of for a factory game exactly a do weird like, new game plus to like could it be like like a like almost like if you're a real company starting again like where you're just like well we've got all this capital yeah I mean, we've, got all, we've got all this money that's i guess there is one other i was, I was trying to think of any other case where this is where something like this has happened and now, now that you mentioned it there is actually one other one which is prison architect if you oh, right. if you choose to end if you choose to basically exit well you sell the prison that you've already built and then you take that money into the start of a new map. Mm. So you basically start with more cash. Oh, okay. But there doesn't have to be the same map in that instance. No. It's just, okay, we're, we're moving on. Yeah. You just move from one save to another and then you get like a cash bonus. I guess that was sort of like, wasn't that like the core structure of like, or at least from a story perspective, the like core structure of like how theme park and like roller coaster tycoon and games like that work. It's like, you're done with this park. You're moving on. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, I guess so. But then it definitely wasn't like that. No, it's like, it didn't like, if you did well on a level, it didn't make the next level easier. No. Or perhaps it should do it the other way. <laughs> well, yeah, me part of it. You're doing too well at this. Well, I mean, but that's what difficulty progression usually does. Mm. <laughs> The game gets harder to get further in. You'd hope. 
and like it's like in Veep Hostel you definitely don't get to keep anything because you get promoted to your new job mm. where you have to manage an even worse hospital <laughs> so yeah that was Dyson Sphere program and then the big patch for, well medium patch for Deep Rock Galactic came out season 2 yeah. I call it the medium patch because it's clearly not as much as season 1 but it is no but it's still got some new stuff yes it's got some new stuff so oh, yes some, lots of weapons well some... one more secondary weapon for each class mm. although from what I've been able to tell from the previews and I've only unlocked like one of them so far but like I'm not sure any of those secondary weapons like fit the role of the classes very well because mm. it feels like at least I mean the gunner one is sort of fine it's just like another pistol essentially just with a fancy, like, it penetrates the terrain. <laughs> that's its that's its fancy thing. Right, yes. I did see the patch note about they've, the added, they've added piercing yeah. as, a, as a thing. No, piercing is for the crossbow. It's oh, a new okay. damage type. Oh, right. Specifically for the crossbow, for the scout. But yeah, so the gunner one is just like another pistol, and that's fine, because all of his secondaries are pistols. The scout one as the crossbow, I feel like that's that one is too much, like overlap with his primary weapons because his primary weapons are basically long range accuracy mm. and then you've got the crossbow which is naturally long range accuracy, long range accuracy. That's, what this, <laughs> that's what that is whereas his other secondaries are the exact opposite short range high damage get you out of trouble yeah the, the spam gun a, sh- a shotty sniper basically. yeah so i like that feels like a weird overlap on that one and then the driller his primary weapons are all like area control like the flamethrower and the freeze ray and the goop gun so that's all like damage over time in an area. And then his secondaries, this is maybe slightly more on the fact that I, I usually play solo, but like his secondaries are the ranged guns for him, right? For picking things off at a distance that your area of effect guns can't hit. Right, yeah. But then that's exactly the opposite of what the microwave gun does. It's just another area of effect, sort of close range do a lot of damage to a bunch of enemies. Although I think in his case, that gun is sort of specifically designed to be a combo gun with his primaries, because some of the unlocks in the tech tree give it, like, extra buffs to enemies that are already on fire or already poisoned. Oh, right, so you could spec it to be more So you fire your main weapon to set up the damage over time and then switch to the microwave gun to do extra damage, essentially. Mm. Although from what I... That that is the one I've unlocked, and from playing with it, it has way too little ammo... (laughs) You just burn for it so quick, and then you're like using up one of your whole weapon. But that's most of the secondaries, right? Most of the secondaries are quite, I mean, are quite low ammo. Most of the regular pistols, like the gunner one and the driller's regular pistol, those have quite a bit of ammo, and you can spec them to have a lot more. I guess because I play engineer, like his secondaries are well, yes, that, uh, are pretty low ammo. Well, in the engineer's case, his secondaries are like the big damage dealers yeah. of his kit, <laughs> or the or the, the comedy area. Like as I've tweaked my breach cutter to be, yeah. Well, it's like big single hits almost. You fire one shot and it does a lot of damage. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> but then, so here's one is the one that feels closest to that role, the mm. big laser beam, because it does a lot of damage and it is like naturally single target because you're aiming at a thing. But it's not like a one shot thing. It's like a hold down, which is sort of fine. I think that's that one's probably the closest to the engineers usual secondary style mm. i think that fits the best and then yeah that's so i don't think necessarily all of those guns fit 
with the other class roles, but maybe I'm slightly biased by being a solo player. So I kind of like yeah. with the driller, I like, need to have the long range ability to pick stuff off because no one else is going to do it for me. Yeah, I was about to say, like, mate, if you're probably, if you're playing in a in a four in a four player or even a three player squad, like having the scout be nothing but long range probably isn't that bad because you've got the other characters to try and pick up that panic moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it, it's. Probably slightly biased by being single player, but then I can just not use them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> True. But then speaking of another thing that is probably maybe overly balanced towards multiplayer and not solo, the new like hacking event, which isn't a new mission, it's just one of the little random things. Oh, right, I see. I, I, I sort of assumed it was a whole new mission type, no. not that it's, it's just a side thing that could appear. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just like the other data deposits okay. or whatever where mm. it just randomly spawns. But that new hacking event is fucking impossible in solo. <laughs> and it's really annoying. Like, well, I mean, I, I'm sure you can do it in solo, but I feel like it's very dependent on, like, the cave generation as well. Because the way it works is you have, like, the central hub thing, and then you have cables that come out of it, like, with the uh, the giant tetrahedron thing whatever that's called the care Care with the the power lines that go to the power stations it's like that you have the little cables that come out and they go to these little rotating things that stick stick on the walls and there's like eight of those spread around it in the vicinity not very far away that's like it's you know a couple of seconds away from it but then once you trigger it you have to look at which cable is lit up go to that node do a hacking mini game to mm. disable that node, and you have to succeed that three times. It's just a little bit like when you hack the the down drones that are still alive. Yeah, it's, it's a different version of that hacking mini okay. game. But something, something simple. But yeah, it's one of it's a bit more complicated, which is slightly one of the problems with it because it takes longer. But the trouble is, trouble with it is so you've got to complete three of these hacks within like two minutes to finish the whole thing. Mm. But each of those little nodes, when you go to hack it, that has its own time limit. And it's super short, and mm. that also includes the time for you to walk to the thing. Oh wow! <laughs> so I've never so actually succeeded. So you kind of need people count. Just, yeah, you just need to have a team out. to yeah. be standing on to be able to see to more of like, them oh, at once. This, this one's mine because I feel like you almost. Like how far apart are these things as well? Like, can you defend each other? Like, well, it seems like it doesn't really spawn very many enemies. Like when it triggers, I think it limits the number of enemies that spawn. Like a few will just turn up mm. from time to time but it's mainly just worrying about the event. So unlike most of the others, it's not really a horde. No, it's not horde mode. But like, especially in single player, I feel like the amount of time it takes for you to look at the cable, identify which one it is, move to which one it is, open the hacking window, the reaction time to even perceive what you've got to then do on the hacking window, Mm. like half the time limit is already gone, and you only have like probably a couple of mistakes in a six-step process before it just kicks you out. (laughs) Mm. of that node and then you have to do that three times within two minutes and if you fail the thing fucking explodes and probably kills you <laughs> well not quite I, mean, I suppose <laughs> I suppose if you know you're gonna fail it you can just be like oh I saw this run away yeah I mean it gives you a reasonable amount of time to run away but mm. but I've never succeeded I mean I've only done it like twice so <laughs> low sample size mm. obviously the first time I didn't even know what the fuck I was doing and also I think the first time it broke like the cable stopped lighting up oh. and there was still like 50 seconds on the clock huh. So I don't know what happened there. That might just be a bug. But the second time where I where I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing now, and I still totally fucked it up. Mm. Wasn't even close. So yeah, that's maybe I feel like that could have like player count scaling. Yeah, maybe. like if you're in solo, it should just give you like fifty percent more time, bit, a little or something bit extra time. Yeah, per node, not overall. Yeah, that would help a lot. And then there's that new 
robot enemy, mm. the Gremlins. That's quite bad. I mean, not bad, dangerous. Was it no, is it the Nemesis? Nemesis, yeah. Was there a Glyphid called the Nemesis already? Uh, yes, the one that the blue one that flies from far so away. So I've got a rival Nemesis and a Glyphid Nemesis. nemesis. Yeah, That's, that, mm, that doesn't seem like well thought through. <laughs> no, I guess not. I didn't even realise until you said that. I was like, oh yeah, I guess it is the same thing. But yeah, I'm I'm not sure what the spawn rules are for it. I believe it's. I believe it's one of the ones that spawns at the start of the mission at a low percentage rate, like the, like when the gold detonator spawns. Okay, yeah. Because the gold detonator, gold detonator is like a three percent spawn per mission, just from the start of the mission. So it mm. will just be there when you arrive. A little bit like the uh, rival ship things that float around. Oh, the prospectors. Yeah, I guess. I guess similar. Yeah. It seems like it seems like it probably has that, but at a low percent, like the detonators. Mm. But then there's a new. Uh, warning, like a new mission modifier for rival presence that basically just makes robots spawn throughout the mission. Mm. And that seems to make it spawn a lot. Like, I literally had it twice in a row. Oh, wow. And it is similar in sort of danger to, like, a detonator. <laughs> it's like, basically, if you go anywhere near it, you just die. Like, that grab is unavoidable and it just kills you in a second after it grabs you. Huh. So there's no chance to, like, escape it. or anything. Well, I mean, if you have the heightened sensors thing, you can just quickly pop it and pop back out. I see. So it's like a moving cave leech. Yeah, except <laughs> even faster and more dangerous. Mm. And apart from that, it doesn't really do anything. So that's, it, you know, that is Stay the trick. Stay out of its way. Stay out of the range and then just fill it with a million shots because it does take quite a lot of damage. Mm. And then, then it has, a, like, a sequence after you kill it where it just teleports a bunch of bombs in, so that's slightly dangerous too, but... <laughs> But yeah, and it can also dig through walls like the large enemies can. Oh, God damn it. So yes. It is. So, so once you aggro it, you're, you're stuck fighting it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's very slow as well, so mm. it's like a detonator. You right. can just outmaneuver it relatively easily. Oh man, the, detonator, just an, the detonators always get me. It's just an ammo, ammo sink, basically. Mm. You have to put quite a lot of fire in it at, at its specific weak points because it, you know, it's armoured. And it's also spooky. Spooky. Well, it's because it, it, it does the... Because it's the rival tech that's meant to be specifically anti-dwarf or whatever. It basically... It plays voice lines from the dwarves of, like, saying that they're downed or, they're, or they found something, but, like, distorted. So it's, oh, like, it's wow. quite creepy when you can hear it coming. That's kind of cool. <laughs> and then when you blow it up, it, it's like, I'm so cold. <laughs> 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 Only in a dwarf voice. Excellent. I'm so alone. Also, more, yeah, I noticed the other patch notes. Slightly more dwarf speech. Well, yes, they have given quite a lot of new voice lines. Which is, which it's is, a, to mission control as well, which also helps. Excellent. When he's calling more swarms. Excellent. That's about that. Yep, can't complain with that. All of that voice work is excellent. And Give new, us more. New variations of Rock and Stone. Yes. Oh, okay, now I'm excited. <laughs> to the bone. Yep. So, yeah, that's season two. Oh, and also... Unfortunately, it seems like not much has actually changed in the script the script unlock and the uh -huh. season pass. So, so, so that's still quite a grind. Yeah, the grind seems about the same. And also, I thought there would be less script in the like level progression, mm. but it seems like there's just as much. But then also all the extra because the tree is just bigger. Oh, I think it's. I think there's just more nodes. Interesting. So it's actually going to take you longer to finish this one. Like yeah, it's going to take you longer to finish, but you'll be able to get 
some more of it faster because of the extra line of the extra script. I, okay, so there's, there's... Yeah, okay. So you can you can gain script at the start quicker. Yeah, but, but it's still spread out through the whole tree. Oof, all right. Doesn't, yeah, that doesn't sound like they changed anything like what they were saying. No, I was really hoping for at least the XP rate to go up a bit. Mm. Yeah, because that, that was... I mean, that's one of the reasons I didn't really engage with it that much, or I wasn't. I didn't feel the need to like do a whole season passy type grind on it because it's like this. This grind is too much. No, but then luckily you didn't have to do that at all because all the season one stuff is in the drop pool anyway, or the shop, drop pool or okay. shop, depending on where where it goes. Hmm. Also, weirdly, I I figured that the new cosmetic material that you use to only buy cosmetic stuff, I figured that was going to be quite common, but it seems quite rare. Mm. I've only seen it in like two of eight or nine missions, I guess. Okay. And it spawns in very small chunks as well. Mm. So you really don't get very much of it. Do the, do the dwarves say something funny when you look at it? I don't know because I've only been playing in solo, so I can't. I, I tag it as oh, Bosco. Of course, so I, don't, Bosco. I don't get the proper voice lines. Yeah, they don't, they don't shout it out. So we'll There's see. more. <laughs> we'll see when we get into a, into an actual game. So yeah, that's that's the Derg patch. Derg. That's more or less all I did. Alrighty. Give us you want to talk about some number of games. You're not on can a two you? week schedule. You can talk about whatever games you want, really. Yes. <laughs> whatever you fancy. Um, I've played quite a few games the last couple of months or so, but. A couple of news things that we didn't mention that aren't really that interesting before I mentioned them anyway. New Valorant character came out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what the name was now, but there's a new character. No, I can't. Um, it just came out this week. Um, and also there's that new BR mode in Rocket League that came out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah the stupid Smash Brothers yeah. thing almost. I've, I've played a few rounds of that. What is the grab button in that? Because, like... I, I couldn't figure that out. Like it doesn't like the, I read the instructions and it just says press the grab button and dodge. And I'm like, what is the grab button? <laughs> oh no, I was about to say, is it not just the the fire button from Rumble? Maybe I can't. I can't even remember what button that is. Well, no, <laughs> isn't it like click left stick by default or something? No, well maybe. Oh, is, is it, no, it's the boost button, isn't it? It's um it's in Rumble. The, it's not the boost button because otherwise, how would you boost? No, it's the boost button because you just because yeah, I. Yeah, it's the boost button. No, it's not. It's the boost button. It's not. It's a separate button in order to be able to fire the power-ups. That's the whole point. I'm pretty sure it's the boost button. It's not. Unless you've configured it to be the boost button, in which case that's your problem. Well, maybe. (laughs) I'm always just the boost button. It's always been the boost button for me. How would you control the power-ups if you you automatically fired them every time you boosted? You control your boosting. No, clearly not. Anyway... (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's the boost button. No. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't make any sense at all, would it? Like, if you had, like, the punch item or something and you're trying to, like, get down the field and you want to boost there. Or you wanted to time your punch so that you can Oh, no, yeah, but out. you're out of the... That's, that's kind of the trick. You're out of the range of the punch. And then <laughs> that you, is not you, the trick. You that's boost, not how this works. You boost into range and then you tap it again and it punches. <laughs> I mean, you could... I don't disagree that you could bind it to the same button because Rocket League will let you do dumb things like that. You can totally bind weird controls to the same button if, if you want to. But I'm pretty sure that's not how that's meant to work. Maybe I've had it wrong. <laughs> or configured weird for some time. Because I did move my boost button, right? It's, yeah. not, it's not on B for me. Yeah. It's, um, oh, so like, maybe you configured it to the same, same button. button. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, because mine is left bumper, my boost. Um, 
because that's why I had like why I have the scoreboard on back instead of left bumper because well actually I don't have anything on left bumper now because I was just pushing it accidentally all the time which is why I moved the scoreboard off it. Mm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm much since since I've pushed put boost onto left bumper, I so so much prefer that. It's so much better. Anyway, what was Gibbs talking about? The Battle Royale mode. No, knock, <laughs> not, was it called Knockout Bash or something? Like, I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I've played a few rounds of that. I can't remember what the grab... I haven't done a grab. But um, <laughs> um, I, it's all right, I guess. Like, it seems to play just fine. But it's like, it's not that... I mean, it, it needs to be... I feel like there needs to be like twice as many cars at least in right, it. Right, you need bigger teams. Yeah, and it gets a little bit sparse of it because it's like it's life based rather than time based. So you, then you end up with even less cars. Yeah, it just starts, it just diminishes over time and becomes less interesting over time. And um, even their like like mechanics when the t- when the match has been going on for a while, they don't feel like they're enough. Right, so they start shrinking. They have this like orange area that's that's miles away from the arena at first that you can't be in for like you have to be outside uh you have to be inside it but if you're outside you get like a five second ten second grace period to try and get yourself back in um so you know you know there's some smash there's or there's some leeway to get back and return to the battlefield kind of notice um before you actually die um so that starts shrinking after like five minutes, I think, of the fight. So that shrinks so it's pretty close to the actual map. But it never actually starts encroaching the map. It's always outside of it. Um, and then after a little, a few minutes after that, it then says, oh, you're on like massive damage mode or something where each each hit suddenly sends people flying much, much further. Um, but it's not quite as like... It's not quite 300% mode in Smash Bros. It's like <laughs> you're still pretty survivable in that state at times. Um, especially if you get your angle because the the one, like, a few of the changes they've made is like boost is now super super directional in the air so if you're like flying the wrong way and you angle yourself and boost you're pretty much just going to stop on a dime and start boosting in the direction you need to go to try and get back um, you also get four dodge rolls in the air now without a flip reset and two double jumps so it's a triple jump I suppose <laughs> um, so you get a lot more you get a lot more air maneuverability. You can also the walls are now like quite even more magnetic than they are, I think, as well in than than in the stadium. So you can just hang out on a wall a bit easier. If like so, so on your way back, for instance, you just attached if you're attached to the vertical part of the wall and then drive back onto the arena. That's that seems easier than it does in on the stadiums. Maybe I'm just you know that one I could be wrong, but it feels easier. I feel also, like it's... also, I also just want to point out. You said you get two double jumps, but four flips. Except that's the same thing. So how is that? No, not quite. Because like, if you if you, <laughs> a, a neutral jump is treated it still separate... as a flip. Yeah, it's not here. Okay, they're, they're split up. So in the bottom of the screen, like you get you get they 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 show you how many you've got left. You've got it puts a counter over two just straight up neutral jumps, um, and four dodge rolls. So you can do a neutral jump twice in the air. You know like how you get a quick a quick launch to, to get high, right? Oh, yeah. You know, bang bang. But you could do it three times if you want to go bang bang bang. Um But that would normally count as a flip, because it's the same thing in regular rocket. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it doesn't here. They split it up. Um yeah, so you do you do a punch attack on a on every dodge roll except for backwards. If you do a backwards flip, that counts as block, which will basically reverse the effect of anyone trying to attack roll into you. 
uh, and grab, I think, will just negate any block that's being attempted. So if you charge at someone and grab dodge into them, then you'll negate their block. Um, I think attack on attack does nothing. You just sort of bump each other and then just sort of stop. Um, and that's, that's all that really is. And there's a spiky wall that if you hit, you die immediately. I don't know. It's more, it's more complicated than most of the old yeah. modes of Rocket League that's still like not particularly great. No, they, they've put the effort in, but I don't think it quite works. Like either the arena's too big, or like, or maybe they should have just done a timed match like Smash Bros or something. I don't know. Something, something's not flowing quite right with it. Anywho, they put they put work in. It's weird to see it. Yeah, it's nice to have something slightly different to do for like I play like one match of it and then go all right back to the normal games. <laughs> Might as well do that in any of the other modes. Well, no, I quite, I, well, I quite like the extra mode, so that's where I spend a lot of my solo time, is in extra. <laughs> Game skippers. Mm. <laughs> Something other than Rocket League. Yeah, which I haven't played for like a year and a half anyway. Yeah. You, should try, you should try Sideswipe. Sideswipe's good. Yeah, I might do. That one looks all right. Yeah, it's, it, the matches are real quick, and it's, it's just... Well, that's like me and League of Legends, right? I quite like League of Legends, but... Do you? I, I like the, the mobile version better, I think. Okay, yeah. Which is Rift or something? Legends of the Rift or something? That's what it's called. Rift Legends. I don't know. Something like that. But it's good. They like their Rift. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Too many legends. It's a good entry point as well because it's just like it's just like a quicker version, not much quicker, but yeah. Didn't I tr- of... didn't I try to add that as like a permanent mode into like Dota or something like a I don't know Blitz mode or something that's like half the game length. Still means they're like twenty minutes long. But... Mm. But yeah, um, so probably the biggest game I've played that you you guys haven't really played, I think, is Elden Ring. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I bought into it. Really. Well, I do know why I bought into it because I got it really cheap. <laughs> <laughs> so that, like, is, that is the classic answer. Yeah. It's like Game Files. Why are you playing any game? Oh, Game Files. Yeah. It's like, like, why like why that. on earth would you try that? It's not Game Files. I thought I'd give it a go. Yeah. So it's a bit like that. I, I had opportunity to get it cheap. So I was like, Right, okay, fine, I'll give it a go. Everyone's talking about it, everyone's raving about it. Might as well see what this is all about. Uh, I'm definitely not a Dark Souls, like, person. I've not really played Dark Souls before. I've mm. played, like, the first one a little bit, but not much. i played, like, an hour or two of it. Um, but, yeah. I mean, Zach's played Dark Souls, but you fell... played about as much as Givers. Yeah, you, you, you <laughs> yeah. fell off, didn't you? But, yeah, this... Uh, so I thought I'd give it a go. Um... The first thing that really sort of hit me with this one is it feels exactly the same as the original Dark Souls, (laughs) pretty much. Like, it doesn't seem like they've changed anything in that regard. That's that's what every FromSoft game looks like to me. It's like, this is the same. I mean, from not playing it and only seeing it, I felt like Bloodborne looked... Bloodborne's the one different. that Bloodborne's the one that stands out a bit to me. Sekiro maybe a touch as yeah. well, but, yeah, but that's more just because of like the weird grappling and yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it like Sekiro is just a different it's way fast. to play. Yeah. Like it doesn't play the same as Dark Souls because it's all about parrying and mm. it's all about the blocking and a little less stamina. And you don't get weapons and stuff like that. It's, okay, right. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a different one, but but yeah, um, Elden Ring. The, the biggest thing that I noticed with uh, with Elden Ring. Is the controls? They're the, they're the most 
difficult part of the game, in my opinion, <laughs> is the damn controls. That's pretty similar to the original Dark Souls. Yeah, and then the reason that, that I find it so difficult is this input buffering that they seem to have on this game, which I think is a Dark Souls thing as well, but it seems like they've made it ten times worse in Elden Ring, like hmm. much longer buffering time or something. So, for those that don't know what I mean is, like, if you attack, and then you press attack again before the animation of the first one that hasn't has finished, then it will buffer another attack. Mm. So it will just do attack you'll, and then... It will go do, into your second attack. Yeah. yeah, or, like, if you're rolling and you double-tap roll, it will buffer both rolls. So right. you will just roll twice. Oh, I see. So even if you were like, meh, meh. On yeah, the button, it'll it, like, you're, you're going to get a double roll wherever you want the second one like or not. Exactly. It's like you're playing classic arcade killer instinct and you're inputting an entire combo and then just walking away. <laughs> oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's. Or even to a lesser extent, even the old Tekken games, I think, used to do that to some extent. <laughs> well, all fighting games have buffering. To There's some a some extent, amount of buffering, yeah. yeah. I seem to remember like early Tekkens being quite buffery in that you could do some of that, but. Not as much as more. Not ones, nearly, because yeah. well, because most of the time you just get hit out of it and it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the, the biggest challenge I've had with this game is getting to grips with how the controls work. Because I'm not used to a game that has this kind of system where you're like locked into the animations. Yeah. I mean, that to me sounds I like mean, the one. animation locking. Animation locks aren't unusual. Exactly, no, the same. Not. The buffering on top of the animation locking is the bit yeah. that makes it the most difficult. And I think yeah. I'd find that the worst because I, I'm into my character I, I action mash, games where I can I press dodge. It. Yeah, I mash and like I, I'm, I'm into my character action games where I can press dodge at any time. Yes, and it just like, does it. Yeah. Which is why I love Bayonetta so much. <laughs> yeah, which is what I'm not used to. I'm used to the games, as you say, like that, where if I want to dodge. I'll press dodge and it'll dodge. Yeah. Whereas this, you can't if you're already doing something else. Yeah, I already knew you were committed to the move you were doing. Um, which which makes sense, but yeah. it's the buffering bit I don't like because I tend to, like, if I want to roll, I'll be like, right, I want to roll now, and I tend to, like, mash it to try mm. and get it to do it. It's like, oh, God, roll now, roll now. But because I've mashed it, it's buffered, like, another two whole, or whatever. A whole string of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I just wish it didn't have buffering. Like, mm. don't do anything until the animation is finished, and then... or maybe have a small window of or a it. much smaller window yeah yeah so it's like oh you're in the last few frames of it yeah sure go All right. well because a lot of games have to do that anyway to make them feel like they're responsive yeah because yeah, you're never going to get your timing perfect but yeah it just feels like it's way too like the buffering period is just way too long so i end up always doing like more attacks than i want to so mm. i end up getting hit uh, and things like that but that, that's more because of how i play yeah more than anything but it does feel kind of like antiquated with how it works because of it but that is what people like about yeah, Dark Souls I think for some reason there's a certain there's a certain button that's pressed in people I think for having to learn that discipline mm. and it's a button I never have no it's a tough habit to it's break a, yeah it's a button I really want to learn because it's like it's the it's my fighting game problem as well, well. Yeah, like I want the discipline to be able to play fighting games properly um, because I, I kind of I mentioned this several times on the podcast. I kind of love the systems behind fighting games and I love trying to learn how their systems function. Yeah. I do not have the dexterity that those games require of you. No, speaking um, of that, I, I picked up King of Fighters 15. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, I was like, I want to play this. It looks awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, trying to actually do anything in that game is <laughs> very difficult. I've never, I've never played a KOF. It's, uh, it's no, a no. cool, cool game. I really like it. But mm. actually being able to do anything is, is not, so, not so easy. Because the, the problem I'm having with that is you have to input the commands so damn quick, I yeah. can't do it quick enough. I that, just cannot do it That was always my enough. problem with Street Fighter as well. Because like, I spent quite a lot of time trying to get into Street Fighter 4. And um, 
because I think you got me one of them, right? Like one, yeah, I one think of so. them. And so I so I so I put the effort in to try and learn it, and that was when I got my arcade stick as well. And I was yeah. trying to cannot do it as quick as that game requires. And then um, weird, weirdly, like Smash Brothers Ultimate with the Street Fighter characters has the inverse problem where you actually have to deliberately do it slowly yeah. to get it to register. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 a weird problem I have. Yeah, that's the thing. And I know every fighting game is different on that front, but it's um because that's the thing as well. It's not just about doing it quick; you have to do it in the right timing. Mm. as well as being quick so oh, like some yeah. moves are like you want to do this quick and then you have to wait like half a second and then do the next bit and street fire is very yeah, much that it's yeah. really hard to get that right I, i'm just not good at that at all yeah i mean if you go into like was it straight i think that some of the i'm not sure if the original four had it but like arcade edition upwards and stuff like they had these like trial modes where it's like here do this do this sequence of events and like you need to yes. do this precise combo yeah but getting that to actually work the way yeah. it's telling you to make it work Next to impossible. And yeah, like, unless King, you, King unless... of Fighters has that as well, where it has like a challenge thing where you, it gets hard. You, for every character in the game, you get like a combo challenge or something. Yeah, yeah. Where you go through and you get harder and harder. Don't get me wrong. Just... I understand there's probably a point where you probably shouldn't be able to do it unless you're good, right? Because that's the whole yes. point in those modes. But it's like... Some, I mean, some, some I mean you, even the most basic stuff is like really hard. Really hard, hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like stuff that's actually fundamental to the game. Yeah. Like there's a thing in, uh, in King of Fighters called... Super hopping or hopping or something, where you have to go like up down, and it will do like a short hop or something, huh. and you can do moves while doing like super hops. Okay, and stuff. yeah, while it whilst in hop stance, yeah, or... stuff like that. But it, just doing that is hard. up down is always a pain because <laughs> like, it's quite it's quite a movement, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and, and, and like it depends on like how much dead zone it gives you to not go precisely straight up and down as mm. well. But then, of course, like it's like the alternative, isn't it? Like games with super jump, where you down up, yeah, and it's yeah, like, stuff mm. like that in there. And then you've got like all the special moves are like quite annoying to do, and you've got obviously got like Z moves and all the. I was about to say, I thought KOF followed quite a it's, it's very a Street Fighter yeah. model. It is, yeah, but some of the but there's a lot of mechanics as well, and I can't remember half of them, which is part of the problem. Um, I, I still think nothing beats the tutorials in. Uh, the last Killer Instinct. I think they did an absolutely incredible job at explaining how its systems work, and the tutorials in Skullgirls and Well are fantastic, teaching about how the intricacies of the mm. systems and their weird infinite combo blocking protection and all, and how that all functions. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I've seen a fighting game go that deep on how its systems work. Mm. And it's uh, like even even like. Soul Calibur Six, I think the only word depth it went into with that was like text. Like you could read some text and how that stuff worked, and they didn't really give you like practical mm. examples and how it was. You like they went to the effort of like writing character sheets for people to be like, oh, this character probably would start with this sort of thing, and then you want to think about doing this. Wouldn't really tell you how to do yeah. that in particularly. That is the hardest bit about fighting games is like with the combos and stuff. Like you just it tells you. The commands you do, but it doesn't necessarily tell you how to input them. If you yeah. know what I mean, what's the what's the nuance to it? It's but you can, you can watch them do it like as a demo mm. with the command list up, and it will like show Showing you the timing. It doesn't yeah. really help because most of the time they're so quick, you yeah, can't yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, that's the bit I struggle with. But this is why, which is why I like Killer Instinct because it's super easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really. <laughs> there, are, there are some like nuanced things like um, shadow cancelling and whatever. And, yeah, but, none, none, like that, became, but they're not hard to do. None, none, very little in that game was hard to pull off. It was, um, it was, yeah. You memorized the systems, and then you could have a good time. Um, you didn't need to necessarily know the 
the the execute execution wasn't that game's problem, mm. and I wish more fighting games were like that. Yeah, definitely. Um, like it's really accessible, but also quite deep as well. Even though the stuff is easy to do. Yeah, I think it poses a problem on the competitive scene because obviously, like if you design a game that way, you're probably introducing a lower skill ceiling. Yeah, definitely. Um, but. I don't think that's for for the majority of people that can't be a bad thing, surely. No. But yeah, that's kind of how Elden Ring thing feels in some ways. It is a bit like a fighting game in that respect, where mm. you have to be really precise with your inputs and yeah. to not buffer buffer stuff that you don't want to happen. And... I still think that game would wind me up some. Oh god, yeah. Of course it would. But yeah, um, in terms of the like, other than the controls, which are just a nightmare for me a lot of the time, uh, the actual game is actually pretty cool. Like, I mm. really like. The world, the world is sweet. Like, there's the world is huge. Mm. Like, I've played, I think, like thirty five, something like that hours now, and I've barely scratched like a probably a quarter of the map at this point. Oh yeah, I've definitely seen tweets where people have put like two hundred hours in, and that's that's them just beating it, not not even like finishing, it, like yeah, do, do it like doing the map, doing the game. It's, it seems it's huge. It's ginormous, potentially too big. <laughs> yeah, I think there's an argument for that being too big, but that's the thing with it as well, right? It's all optional, pretty much. Mm. Like. All of it is optional, apart from obviously like the, the, the main few main line. bosses. So you could you could probably do it super quick if you were really good, <laughs> yeah. and you didn't want to level up much. Breath of the Wild style, yeah. Um, probably not exactly Breath of the Wild style. You're probably not going to be launching yourself on a tree directly into the castle. Yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. I mean, people have been in like five minutes or yeah, something because it's delicious to get to the boss, the mm. end boss, like super quick and stuff already. But but yeah, yeah. In terms of that, like the world is almost all optional so if you didn't want to do stuff you could just skip it all mm. but then leveling up in this game just seems super important because yeah you just die instantly if you don't i feel like this is the this is the from soft game where they probably have tapped into the thing that makes breath of the wild work right you know there is that whole most most of Breath, as you say breath of the wild is almost entirely optional really most of it mm. but there's a drive somehow that they've instilled in that thing that you want to go do that stuff yeah, and it's it's a, it's a pretty hard thing to quantify. It's a pretty hard thing to put down in words what that thing is. But they nailed that with Zelda, the, well, and it's thing, just like I get like you, I think that can that can be the thing, right? That somehow drives people in Elden yeah, Ring, or it, it kind perhaps of has, any from game, right? That must that must be. Well, this one's obviously different because it's the first open world one. The other was mm, linear, basically, well, but, pathy. Yeah, yeah, but it's like the, 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 this does what. Zelda does to some extent where it's like you, you're looking around and you see things you know like oh what's that and, <laughs> right yeah and that kind of makes you go do things because it's like I can see that I want to know what's over there what on earth is that that looks weird yeah or yeah you see like a like a I don't know like a tower and you're like well what the hell's that and yeah. you go have a look it's at it and, what's going on in here yeah and stuff like that so it oh does, it's another Lionel which is what Zelda did really well right in Breath of the Wild was the whole point was yeah, you yeah, see yeah, things yeah. you're like I want to go see what that is that's a weird looking structure there must be a thing there yeah so it kind of takes takes that kind of design cue quite well but there's a lot you can find that isn't that doesn't look interesting either right you mm. you'll just go along a, a mountain side or something and there'll be a cave hidden along it somewhere which takes you into a massive dungeon. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. You, you probably wouldn't even find it most of the time unless you... Unless... But that's okay too. Yeah. Like, it's like, like, you need that blend. You need that blend, yeah. I think it's... There's something nice about having a game that size where it's like, well, okay, if you did like half of it and you could still beat it... Or an average player, let's put it that way, <laughs> if you can do half of the game and still beat it, then mm. that's probably acceptable. Yeah, you, can, um, you could definitely do that, I think, yeah, depending on how good you are. Um, because yeah, if you don't level up, then you are going to die in like one hit, 
to most bosses. So, and I, <laughs> you're inadvertently sort of selling me on it because a bit of me really does. No, honestly, <laughs> I'm not a Souls fan uh, from my previous experiences, but I've enjoyed this game a lot. Because I'm kind and of I'm terrible at it. Because I'm kind of yearning for a game like that. Like I'm like. The more I think about it, because I've been like obviously I was playing for Age of Calamity as maybe like when, like Zelda's in my head uh, in some way, and it's like Breath of the Wild is such a great game, but I don't necessarily want to play Breath of the Wild again. Mm. I want to play something that evokes that exploration thing. And I know Breath of the Wild Two is probably not that. I mean, it's far enough away. Or Phoenix Rising. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Phoenix Rising had that effect at first. <laughs> And then you get to the point where you realise everything you find is going to fall in one of a few categories, yes. and it becomes considerably less interesting once once you've discovered that. Yeah. Um, now, well, I will say, like Elden Ring does do that a bit. Like, if you find a cave, you know exactly what the cave is going to be like. Right. right? Okay. The design of the cave is obviously different, and they have like a lot of different like um, unique things that you can do in caves. Like they mm. will have their own like weird quirk about them. Um, but you'll know that if you find a cave, the idea of the cave is you find the switch to open the boss room. That's what the <laughs> right, caves okay. are, basically. Um, but they're all so different. You don't mind because the enemies are all different for the most part in them. Um, hmm. Like the, the quirks for them are quite interesting. Like Sure. So they've managed to capture the, the, the shrine thing. Yeah. Which Phoenix definitely didn't. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> like, there are things that do detract from that as well. Like as a, um, like some of the bosses are repeated quite a lot. Like you do get repeat bosses a fair amount. Mm. Um, the number of guys, like f- number of like little short videos of people posting what looks to me like the same dude on horseback. Yeah, <laughs> like they're just fighting, just having the same fight, like in in many different places on the map. And it's just like, oh, it's that dude on the horseback again. Yeah, I mean, in terms of general, the grunt enemies, I guess there mm. are obviously loads of them all over the place, like sure. repeated. But I, because Dogs the game from is, the sky, because the game is so big, like there is actually a surprisingly large number of unique enemies in this game. Like Excellent. I'm actually surprised because um, I've played quite a few games and. You, you see all the enemy types. There's like yeah, yeah, within yeah. not too long of the game, and there's only like six or seven enemy types or something, right? In some games, yeah, Phoenix is like that. It's yeah, quite, it's quite a small pool. Exactly, but in this, there's, there's and arguably Zelda's like that as well. Really, yeah. it's quite a small pool. Yeah, but in this, there's, there's loads. There's, there's tons of different enemy types. Like mm. you won't get bored of going to new areas and stuff because there's always going to be different cool. enemies and stuff. That's uh, neat. That is neat. Yeah, and. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just so much in this game. It's crazy. You've got different dungeon types. Like you've got the main, like what I call the old school Dark Souls areas, which are like the huge dungeons, right? Which is like uh, multiple checkpoints and okay. multiple bosses. <laughs> multiple, yeah. Um, and then you've got the caves, which are like very short versions of that. Uh, you've got the overworld and there's things to do in there. We can find like towers and buildings that do stuff. and you um, bound in town. Random bosses. Just... Mm like unique bosses that you can find around the world and mm. uh, stuff that's only triggered in certain situations, like things that only appear at night or okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like the funniest one I found is a bit of a spoiler, but it's funny. Um, there's like this area with giant, like uh, prawns or something like giant, <laughs> like lobster things, <laughs> giant enemy crabs. Yeah. <laughs> like giant lobsters. I don't know what the word is, but they're giant lobstery type things. And if you uh, kill all of them in this area, then the random mimic appears out of them and the mimic boss no. Like comes out of them, but <laughs> right. it only happens at night, huh. and like weird, weird stuff like that you can come across. So like, like, a, like someone wearing a prawn. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was he was mimicking a prawn. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. That's pretty. Funny. But there's lots of weird stuff like that that can happen. 
I'm in a prawn suit. <laughs> I'll yeah. take you down. So although the, although a lot of the elements are kind of repeated, like they're all done differently enough to make it interesting. Mm. Still, you don't you, you don't quite know when you're going to end up being mimicked. You know, like well, like, as I say, <laughs> like, here's, here's the Lord of the Shellfish, and then here's the Lord of Lord no, of Dead Cows. I, I, just, I just mean like you got the caves, you got the dungeons. They're all similar things that have come out throughout the game, but they all feel very different. When there's, you're there's, in the, a, there's enough in each one. That's, yeah. Like there's a, the other repeating things like ruins where you get like an area of ruins, um, and there's always it's always the same where you have like a a, a parent like a staircase somewhere there that leads into a room with a treasure chest normally or a boss <laughs> right. or something, but they're all like that. But they're you, all you so just, different. Just got to find that staircase. Yeah, but they're all done differently, so mm. you don't mind that it's the same concept every time. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, That's a difficult line to walk because I could say the same argument about Phoenix and it. But yeah, quite Phoenix work. doesn't do it because I always well, knew. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a block. There's a bit of gold brick in the area. That means, oh right, there's going to be a thing to do here. Is it a block puzzle? Why, yes, it is. <laughs> do I have to put a heavy thing on a thing? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, but because it's all combat based, I suppose, and the and the enemies are always going to be different. It kind of makes mm. it a bit more interesting, I suppose. But it just works. I don't know. I can't really explain it. It just works. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, you've obviously got there's just an absolute shit ton of weapons. Like I don't know how many weapons there are in this game, but it feels like there's an absolute shit ton. Um, so any kind of style of combat you want to do, you can probably do it in this game. Mm-hmm. You've obviously got magic, so you can get different ones and all your spell. There's hundreds of different spells. You've got swords, you've got axes, you've got spears, you've got whips. You got <laughs> whips, eh? Yeah, you got it's Castlevania Wolverine claws. Like <laughs> okay, that sounds cool. Yeah, there's, there's all kinds of stuff. You can have literally just your fist with like a thing on it that you can punch things with. Uh, it's it's insane. Like there's so many different weapon types and that. Um, and obviously, depending on your like what build you go with when you're leveling up, will depend on what kind of weapon you want to go with. But mm. um, but yeah, it's insane. There's so many different weapons and um, there's summons in this game, which is new, I think. Um, I think so. Yeah, other than summoning humans. Yeah, so you can do that. But obviously now there's a there's like an AI summon thing. Mm. Uh, I forget what they're called. A- ashes of something. So I see a lot of people posting about the dogs. Yeah, like the, the dogs. Dog, I the dog use the summon. dogs. Yeah, the wolves or whatever. But there's hundreds of those you can get as well. Because huh. um, you should get a lot of them actually by fighting random dung beetles that you find throughout the level. <laughs> Don't know why they're dung beetles, but. Dung summons. Yeah, they just... can I summon dung beetles? Though? I don't know. I haven't found one yet, oh, but you might be able to. That's a point. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you can just be wandering around this this uh, this world, and then you'll find like a random thing somewhere, and you'll get like a cool weapon out of it, or hmm. a shield, or something. I want to be able to roll a massive boulder onto the battlefield. That's what, that's what I want. Yeah. So it, actually, no. I want something else to do that for me. Let me be precise. <laughs> so I haven't really got that far into it. I'm still like. Relatively early, I think. But you said like what, 20, 30 hours? Say 35 hours Jesus. or something. I'm not. That's early. See, that's that's like sort of like my, my, my patience limit for games these days. <laughs> it's about 35 hours. Like, ish. yeah. I mean, I don't have a lot of patience for games, but I've really enjoyed my time with it. Like, huh. the, well, I suppose the bit I don't enjoy as much is the actual bosses because they're hard as fuck. Mm. <laughs> and you do end up repeating them a lot if. I don't know, it's weird. Like, some of them are really easy, mm. and then some of them are just super hard. Like, there's right, one yeah. that you find do, quite... Do, do they telegraph, like, when they're going to be difficult in any way? Or, no, like, are you so, already in the fight by the time you can tell? Yeah, you, you won't know until you do it. Like, mm. 
how how hard it's going to be. But the thing with it as well is like one of the first bosses you'll come across in the game, most likely, unless you just somehow miss it, is stupidly hard. So oh, unless right. you know that it's going to be stupidly hard, did you miss the tutorial? I did. <laughs> right, yeah, I did miss the tutorial. A, yeah, that's quite a common complaint. <laughs> I did miss it completely. Apparently they yeah. patched that, so it's like a little bit easier oh, to, 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 to find yeah, it. Yeah, because the tutorial, you have to jump off this ledge into a hole, basically. And <laughs> I didn't do it because I was like, I'm going to die, so why would I do that? Yeah. That's almost, that's like Dark Souls trolling itself, because like there's, you, there was, I think one of the DLCs for Dark Souls 1, the only way to, the way to get into the DLC was just to jump down a random hole. <laughs> Somewhere on the map. I wouldn't know where it was, right? yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So yeah, I, I completely missed the tutorial and I, I found it later on. I came back to it later. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, it's great. I, I really like it. I mean, it's hard and I don't like the controls that much, but I can sort of... Does it feel Lord of the Ringsy enough? Because it's like... I like, wouldn't, I wouldn't or, say... Or was, no, it's not Lord. It's, it's the Game of Thrones guy, isn't it? That that, that was involved no, in the... This is... Um... Oh, was it? Was it him? Yeah, it was him, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah who was sort of involved in the world yeah, building yeah. and the style of it. And yeah, I don't think he had. He didn't have all that much input. I don't think he just kind of created the world idea. I guess. Oh, I and see. And then from developed all this. He developed a world, and then from destroyed the world. And this is the game set after the world was destroyed, kind of thing. Oh, weird! So he wrote the backstory, kind and of. they were like. Well, let's blow all that up, and we'll make sort it a game. Of, yeah, <laughs> they, they like fucked it up, and this is like you're playing in the <laughs> fucked up version of that weird something like that anyway maybe they were like well yeah okay because it wouldn't have worked otherwise I don't maybe, maybe from couldn't make the game he was well it's hit. not, the, it's not was... the, the game it's just the, the world probably wouldn't have worked if it was an actual world living world yeah because yeah. everything has to be an enemy in this game pretty yes. much like <laughs> everywhere is enemies well, there's never from have ever made, ever made something that was like a an actual a, world, a friendly yeah. place yeah so that was cool. it's, it's, it's a really cool game I really like it hmm. Yeah, as I say, the bosses can be frustrating at times, but they're all doable. You just have to have the patience. Yeah. Do any of them feel uh, unbalanced or like like they have like just like nonsense hit zones or anything like that? Because like that's the risk of like when you throw in a load of bosses that there's yeah there's one that just feels like you know I'm I'm, I'm pulling that from recent uh, experiences with Tunic because there's one boss in particular that I just think was like nonsense in terms of its hit zones. And yeah, I mean, there's a couple at, near the start that I really could not get on with. Hmm. Um, one in particular I took hours trying to beat. Um, I came back to it later when I'd leveled up a bit and it was a bit easier. But it's still... Horizon Zero Dawn in spots. I think some of the enemies in mm. that like, just had awful hit zones. See, I don't think it's so much the hit zones. Some of them are like, it's hard to tell like but it's an the attack. range, the, oh, the range. Oh, okay. so like the, this one enemy I got stuck on he has like a sword swipe thing but I'm pretty sure the hitbox is longer than the sword because it has like a uh, little bit of a uh, oh yeah like, like um, a like a, a, a swoosh effect yeah. that, that goes longer than the sword because yeah that's quite common yeah so I think that had something like that and I wasn't really and I was like getting hit by it and I was like oh that's so annoying because it doesn't look like it's going to hit I hate that that yeah. is one of my most hated things like when the, the, the visible zone doesn't seem to match with the with the where you get hit thing and it's like yeah that was yeah the the other issue i've had with the bosses is actually trying to find opportunities to actually hit them <laughs> right because a lot of them are just aggro 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 you know just mm. constantly attacking you constantly attacking you it's really hard to actually find a moment where you can actually get hit in hmm. um and that's kind of frustrating because it's like 
some because it's random. Obviously, you, sometimes they'll they'll give you an opportunity at times. Then other times you just won't get an opportunity, and you're just waiting for ages to try and do anything. And it just gets really frustrating like that sometimes. Yeah, you think they'd like I don't know how their systems work for like AI and stuff. You think they'd like wear down their own stamina bars in some way, so then you'd like be, so then you could actually see potentially what was going on. It's like well, they're doing a lot of stuff right now. They're going to tire out. Yeah, and it's um uh, like, like I would if I was all up in his ass. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that really annoys me is the input reading. So, like when you're trying to heal, for example. Uh, on certain b- bosses, you can almost guarantee you're going to get hit by the same move every time the second you try and heal. Oh, no. Like, every time, you're like, all right, I'm going to get hit here, but I need to heal, like so fight- I don't have a choice. Fighting game AI cheating. Yeah, so it's hard. Like, you can obviously get in situations where they don't do it, but mm. you know if you're trying to... If, you, if you're... Um, if they've just stopped attacking or something and you want to just run away and heal, you know as soon as you try and heal, they'll do the exact same move every single time. They'll come get you. Yeah. So that's huh. kind of annoying. That is quite annoying. Uh, like this, this one I got stuck on for ages. He has this move where he like does this massive like lunge, like a, like a poke, sword poke, mm. I guess. But the range is huge. So if you try and heal from anywhere, he'll basically hit you no matter what <laughs> because it's just you can't get away from it. The way. end up's too short. Yeah, yeah, it's super. Well, because your heal animation is quite long anyway. Mm. There's just no nothing you can do. But. There are ways around that. You just have to time when you heal, but it's not always easy. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's kind of frustrating. I, I, I think the bosses are the bits that I enjoy the least, which is kind of weird because they're like... Because it's kind of supposed to be the draw. Yeah. Some of them are good. Some of them are not. But it is it is fun trying to figure out initially how to beat them. But then once you've tried to do it 20, 30 times, yeah, it loses its charm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can feel that. Absolutely. Because that was one of the, my main... Uh, worries with me about playing a Dark Souls game, like having watched Zach, just doing that first bit, basically. <laughs> like, and it's like it's not just doing the boss; it's the fact you've got to do the approach to the boss yes, every again. time. Yeah, yeah, that can be annoying. in Elden Ring. It's a lot easier because most of the time, if you're at a boss, uh, you'll respawn right outside the boss. So, oh, okay, cool. But they, will, they, don't, they don't put you back to a bonfire, or is it like just tends to be a bonfire uh, yeah, type thing? Right, there. they have they have this other thing uh, as well as bonfires. They call I don't know what they call, but they're like little statues, mm. so you can spawn at those as well as bonfires. Okay, um, and they're often placed like right outside bosses. Or, okay, smart or whatever. So it's not as frustrating for that. There That's are dark areas where you do have to do that, like the the big dungeons, right? Because they're like more like the old more school, like the old dark style. style. Yeah. Because, yeah, that, that looked like that would be hella frustrating. But, so, yeah, sometimes you do have to do that, but most of the time you can get away with not having to do that. It's only if you die in, like, the overworld or getting yeah. to places where that's an issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's good fun. It's surprisingly fun. Hmm. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's a good game. Enjoy the next 170 yeah, hours. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't know how much longer I can put up with it, but... <laughs> Sure, yes. get bored of it eventually. Depends but. how much of that intrigue factor you could take. Yeah, it's like what on earth could happen next? I mean, I haven't played it for a couple of weeks, but that's just because I've not played anything for a couple of weeks, so mm. I've just not had the opportunity. Because you, I feel like you need to have a good amount of time. Yeah, for that a session kind of game, of it. especially. Yeah, so I mean, like, some partially because you just need to travel between save points, essentially, but also because you like want to not forget what the hell exactly. how to play it, essentially. <laughs> yeah, so I do feel like if you want to play you need to have a good hour or two It'll probably more like two at least huh. in a session yeah 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 so it's not something you can just pick up and play for a bit and then leave yeah 
which tends to be my favourite type of game I gravitate towards these days, <laughs> like ones that are even lengthy games, but at least I, as, long as, as long as I know I can put like a, I can bail out of it at a moment's notice kind of thing. I don't have to get in the zone to play mm. particularly. Well, I mean, you kind of can, but I like to... I like to spend a lot of time. It's a long session Because just things take, yeah. take time in this game. It's not yeah, like yeah, you yeah. can just jump in and do a quick thing and then leave. There's like Things take time in this game. Admittedly, almost every game has like a, the occasion, even those that are, that are a bit jump in, jump out, tend to have a moment where it's just like, oh, I'm locked into this for a while. Well, like, I, feel like, like I feel like Yakuza, for instance, is, yeah. is fairly jump in, jump out. But like, um, you get locked into long occasionally, yeah. It's like, oh, I'm in a 40 minute cutscene, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I suppose the other things to to talk about, like the story, like, I have no idea what the hell's going on in the story. The story is just that sounds standard for yeah. a from game, doesn't it? It's just like, there is a story, but what the hell it is, I have no idea. Yeah, there's fingers, <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> Salad fingers, yeah, you have the lady of the fingers and things like that. <laughs> it's kind of weird that sounds creepy as fuck yeah it is very cool like the atmosphere building and stuff in that game is second to none I think like mm. the way they do their sort of world building and stuff is, is crazy good like you do feel really immersed in it and mm. even though there's not a lot being told to you and, or a lot of things happening around you like just the way you explore around and find little nuggets of like an NPC will be there and it will just tell you a little bit of something, you know? A nugget finger. Yeah. It's just, it's really quite, it's really quite well done. It, um, and I, I suppose if you really wanted to, you could delve into the lore side of it pretty heavily. People by, will. Oh, no doubt, yeah. Like you can read all the lore on every single item that you pick up and mm. all that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of little details here and there that you can dive into if you really want to. But. For me, I'm not really that bothered about it and trying to follow what the hell's going on is... No, that's what I mean. I'm sure there'll come come a point, like... I don't know. There's a point in a lot of games where, like, I think you start, like, reading everything at the start of the game and afterwards it's like, oh, that's another book. (laughs) That's that's another thing that's not going to help me do my thing. Yeah, fortunately, there isn't a lot of that kind of stuff in there um, unless you read all the items and Mm. the lore on things that you kill and things like that but I mean, yeah it depends whether they put the hook on to be like oh you could find a clue to some other secret or something yeah there are the, things the like that as well type. like there's npc quest lines that you can do hmm. um but i suppose that's the other thing that some people might get off put off is it doesn't tell you where anything is ever so if someone tells you that you've got to do something like uh, whether you can actually find it or not is <laughs> recover for me the triangles of zintar yeah and it's like all right where do i do that mate Nobody knows. Yeah. I mean, some of them do give you specific locations. Like, there's actually one that I found where it actually did put, like, a marker on the map of where it is. What? Yeah. But most of the time, it's just like, you like they'll say, oh, my my, uh, my assistant has gone missing. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, if you find them, let me know. And it's like, you haven't... Right. They could be blood, bloody anywhere in this ginormous world, you know what I mean? Well, that'll just add to my list. Yeah. So, and you don't have, like, a quest log or anything. Oh, wait, so, what? Really? Yeah, there's no quest log. So, like, you start like a quest saying, I'm going to find this dude, but you don't know where it... It doesn't even log that no, you're supposed to No, it doesn't log anything, be... yeah. There's no, like, conversation logs or anything. What? <laughs> that, that is kind of how it worked in the old Dark Souls. But obviously, those games weren't open world, so it wasn't nearly as bad. Yeah. You talk to an NPC once, and they'd say something that you probably needed to pay attention to, and then 
that doesn't add your quest log anywhere, but then if you've done the thing, you go back and talk to them later, quest complete, and you yeah. get a thing. <laughs> so it's exactly. like, it's, it's in an open right. world, it's a bit more extreme. That, that seems very old school very RPG old school, yeah. to me, right? Like, like you know, because that, I'm sure in like the, the Final Fantasies, you'd like stumble upon something, you'd, you'd effectively be starting a quest line, but you wouldn't know it, right? And then you'd stumble on something later and be like, mm. oh, that's following on from that guy, right? Okay, cool. Yeah, so there's a lot of that where, where you find random things that have sort of quests but I'm you sure don't I just forget them all yeah, oh yeah definitely 100% I, I, like I haven't played it for two weeks so I have no clue what <laughs> any things I'd found before that now you know where do I take this thing I found I'm sure someone said something about this thing I found but I don't know who or where yeah and because it's so big it could literally be 30 hours before you, you find the dude find the thing or remember that oh yeah <laughs> this guy wanted this that I just kill, got from killing a boss 30 hours later or something but you know who I mean? on earth was that yeah exactly <laughs> do I need to go retrace all all of my steps and talk to everyone on the way. Yeah, but at least this game has a map, which the other ones don't, obviously. <laughs> so at least there is a map so you can see roughly where things are, which is good. You might have a vague memory, I suppose, it, triggered it, by yeah. looking at the map. Originally it didn't have NPCs on there, I think, but now they've added NPCs. Markers, markers yeah, so you can, you can at least see where people are now, hmm. where it was before you couldn't. So that's helpful, at least. So if you if you know who it is you need to see, and you found them already, you can at least find them on the map now, hmm. which is nice. Doesn't mean you'll have what they need, or no. <laughs> okay, you just know where people with certain name, or just you just know where a dude is. Yeah. Okay. Like if you've met them and talked to them, they'll be on the map, which is nice. But uh, but the other thing is people move, so they might not be there next. <laughs> <laughs> they might not actually be there. <laughs> All right, let's let's layers upon layers of frustration there. <laughs> yeah, it's very old school, very old school. But it's it's I don't know. I can't really explain it. Like it's quite addictive hmm. because it is satisfying. Because it because every every fight is challenging, right? Like even mm. basic enemies can be challenging. Um, like two or three hits and you and you'll die. So right, yeah. It yeah. is a very satisfying and rewarding game in that sense. And you, when you do finally beat that boss you've been stuck on for hours, you're like, yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely know that feeling. Or sometimes you're just like, oh, thank God for that, finally. <laughs> I think I think most of the time yeah. that's how I come out of things. So it's like, oh, thank heavens for that. But sometimes you beat your boss first try, and you're like, hell yeah, I've destroyed yeah, that yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, it's quite interesting. Some of the bosses have, like, weird... Uh, weird like unique ways that you have to beat them and yet you so you have to kind of figure that out as well sometimes mm. which is kind of fun and there's certain enemies that have protections and whatnot that you have to figure out sure all, all the usual stuff in rpgs i guess yeah but it's just done in a really really well well done way i feel it's quite interesting as well sometimes like early on you'll fight certain bosses and then later on, you'll find it's just a, a normal enemy later. Oh, they're just standard. Yeah, yeah. They're really strong, normal enemy, but they're still just like a normal enemy now. That's, yeah, that's quite that's quite a common thing as well, isn't it? A lot of games do that. Like, yeah. oh, what you thought this was tough? Nah. Yeah, exactly. So things that like bosses early on become just like standard enemies eventually. <laughs> you, watched us, you watched us play Hyrule Warriors earlier, and we fought like the bog standard Lionel, which is like presented as a boss. And it's like, nah, you'll be fighting a billion of those later <laughs> on, and much tougher variants. Yeah, but in that game, that you you just all you only fight bosses basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, normal enemies basically might as well not exist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, they're there to charge your. Just 
special needs. Yeah. But even like big bacoblins and standard moblins go away after a while because they're just like they're not a thing. <laughs> like mm. they, they all get tougher. Yeah, it is good. I'm enjoying it. You, good. Yeah, there are. You, yeah, it's quite funny because like I've died so many times like from falling off or something. And I'm like, oh, for f- <laughs> that's also Dark Souls classic. <laughs> yeah, like you spent, all, you spent all this time like getting to this place, and then you just accidentally roll off a bridge, and you're like, well, there goes all my souls. <laughs> yeah. I'm never getting those and back. I try and get back there again, and try and get them. <laughs> so that happens quite a bit as well. You just randomly die to stuff like that. No. Um, or like you'll find something and you'll get ambushed by like 15 enemies and you're just like well I'm dead <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know I don't know mm. they do that quite a bit as well where they like hide enemies in the most trolley places <laughs> like you walk into a room and then two enemies will drop from the ceiling behind you or something I've seen a clip where like five dogs just appear in the, from, from, from the sky at one point this guy's just casually walking along and these five dogs just suddenly turn up next yeah. <laughs> just, just like wee <laughs> it's like what, the, what just happened there yeah there's some weird weird stuff like that but it is fun just exploring because you never know what the hell's going to be around the corner in that mm-hmm. game like um, you just always find different stuff and mm-hmm. it's just so it's such a big game it's crazy I don't honestly understand why they made it that big. Because <laughs> I don't think many people are going to finish that game. I, yeah, you're probably right. They're like, they're not, I wonder what the completion rate for from games is anyway. Like in general. Well, I think like in the older games, it's probably quite high because people are crazy about those games, right? The people that play those games are crazy. <laughs> they're obsessive about them, pretty much. With more like when you talk, when you go back to talking about like achievement percentage, it's going to be yeah. like zero or a hundred. Like, you're going to half complete one of those games. Mm. If you get into it, you're going to finish it. Yeah, maybe. I, mean, I feel I like Elden Ring right, is a bit... Right, beating it and platinuming. Well, yeah, yeah, full achievements like, is a different thing. Yeah. I feel like Elden Ring is a bit different as well because it seems like it's way more popular than any of the other previous games have ever been. It, it does seem that it's way. Like, it's the yeah. best selling game of the year, which is mm. kind of crazy for a game like that, in yeah. my opinion. It does, it does seem that way. Um, so there's, there seems to be a hell of a lot of more people playing this game than any of the previous ones. So I imagine there's going to be a lot of people who don't get very far because mm-hmm. it is very hard. <laughs> but... Saying that, it is easier in some ways as well because you can, um, you can like just farm in this game because it's open world. Obviously, you can just oh, I see. So you can like just soul grind and yeah, level up. Yeah. I mean, you could do that in the others, but you'd you be can, but the it's real tedious. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's more fun in this game because you can just like oh, I can't do that. I'll what? go somewhere else. Yeah, whilst you're exploring, you'll power up. Yeah. yeah. I'll go see what's going on over here instead because I can't like there was a boss right near the start that I couldn't do so I was like oh I'll just go do other things and then I'll, I came back to it like ten hours later and beat it. Mm. So you're not you're not stuck in this game as much as you probably were in other Souls games, sure. which is nice as well. So you can make it as easy as you want, really, if you want to, to spend, put the damn yeah, time you in. Want to spend the time farming, <laughs> yeah. But even then, there's, uh, some of the later bosses apparently just stupid hard so I can't imagine even farming is going to help that much <laughs> Elden Ring then yep yeah it's good I like it surprisingly enjoyable surprisingly <laughs> enjoyable because I don't really like hard games I'm not really much of a fan of hard games I saw you playing Infernax isn't that hard oh, yeah, that, yeah I, I punish myself <laughs> I played that. I played Cyber something as well. The other kind of old school. Cyber something. It was another like old school Castlevania oh, style game. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, pretty recent. Yeah, and that's yeah. I remember seeing that listed. Um, 
I played through that. That was insanely hard as well. <laughs> Do not recommend. <laughs> I think you're lying to yourself. I think you love it secretly. I don't, know, yeah, I don't know why I do it, because I never enjoy it. I'm just... <laughs> you're a masochist, that's what it is. I mean, Infernax was more difficult to start and then got easier, in my opinion, so that one wasn't quite so bad, but... Mm. Yeah, that cyber, whatever it was called, was it just was a nightmare. Shadow yeah, something yeah, like something that. like that. Mm. I, I do not recommend the end of that game. is ridiculous. Hey, I've got a segue now. You've given me a segue. <laughs> a segue to what? We're always out of time. Oh, we're way out of time. We're way over. Um, cyberpunk. Oh, you've played it? I've started playing it. I really love that game. You're definitely going to have to talk about that a yes. lot more on the next podcast. Yeah, yeah, because I'm only a couple of hours in. So uh, I, I 100%ed it, pretty much. I did everything. Really? Well, what I could, apart from the missions that glitched, glitched. And I can't do them, so I can't get 100% achievements because huh. the missions are glitched, so, so I can't I'm, do them. <laughs> I'm having a real hard time getting into it. I know I'm only two and a bit, maybe three hours in, but I'm struggling with it at the moment. Like, I don't, I don't really like how it feels. I don't really like how the gunplay works. Not that I've had mm. to do that much, but the start is so slow and so yeah, dry. It's, very slow. it's like it's not. There's nothing. I haven't found a hook yet, mm. if you know what I mean. There is nothing there in the game to just say, say, this is what you're doing. This is your drive. This is what, like, it's just, it's meandering through a quite nice looking at times, quite weird looking at other times environment. And it's with a very complicated menu system that's already asked me to do things in the menu that I don't understand how to do. <laughs> And I'm I, I'm 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 missing something. I feel like I'm missing something. It's like it's not it's there's it's not hooking me yet. Mm. And I want like Dan in the past has sort of mentioned that, like his big problem with looking at cyberpunk that like theoretically it should push the buttons that Dan likes from a game as well, right? It's like the sort of Deus Exe style progressions and uh, yeah, I don't think it really the, goes that deep though. No, I'm not sure it does either. But it like presents itself like it's going to. <laughs> like that's sort of part of the problem like it's got this like incredibly complicated looking set of skill trees yeah and, most of it's kind of pointless though <laughs> and, and crazy inventory system about your cyberware and things yeah. like that things that the game has not taught me about yet um particularly mm. and it's just, but it's all there and so i'm very confused and then i did a mission that said oh you need to read this shard and it's like Okay, did I find that shard? I don't know. Mm. And then I couldn't find where in the interface the damn thing was to read. The, the shards are basically like like text things you yeah. find in there. And it's like I couldn't. And the, the, so the mission asked me to read this bit of bit of text, and I'm like, how do I even get to that menu? And it was buried buried away behind a couple of steps. It's like, or more to the point, it wasn't buried, and that was kind of the problem. So like. You go into the menus and you get like the standard like you can bumper around these sections and one of the sections is journal and that section when you bumper to it shows you your quest logs effectively. Mm -hmm. What you actually need to do is come back out one level to the bit where it shows you um, all of those five sections at once and you can mouse over them and when you mouse over them or controller cursor over them it shows you a list of other things in that section and for some reason the shard list under journal is in that section but you can only get to it from that like top menu you can't then go into journal and then swap it to them to this other state uh, like you can in every other one of these menus it seems it's like every other one of these menus have a way to traverse within them to get to the other bits mm. of them this one like it just seemed really like oh, i don't remember it was just menus at all. Yeah, I don't know. It, was just, it, just, it just struck me as like, oh, you did not think that through. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I, or the game never told me how to get to that bit. Of the, yeah, like, and it's, I don't know. I'm finding it a bit overwhelming. I think in some levels, it's like there's a. It feels like there's systems there, 
and I'm three hours in and I still have no idea what any mm. of them really are. It's like it's not hand-holding, which is good in a way. But I mean, I don't think... I think it's, it does that intentionally because you don't really need to know any of that stuff maybe. yet. Probably. Maybe. But it's already putting me into fights that I feel like I, I'm playing on normal difficulty as well. And it's already putting me into... Or I've found a couple of scenarios where it's like, this is quite tough. Like, these guys are draining my health in, like, one or two hits. And it's... Uh, I don't... Am I supposed to be here? There was no indication that I shouldn't be here. Uh, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm finding, yeah, as I say, I'm waiting for that hook. I'm waiting for that. I'm, I'm going to give it a chance, obviously, because it's like, it seems, it seems too slow at the moment. It's like, a, like it takes you a, 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 like a, a, an hour or two to get to where it puts act one on screen. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and it's it like, quite long overall, I think. I can't remember how long it was, but. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's massive, but because it's a CD Projekt game, but um, CD Projekt Red, but like, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm missing the hook. Um, yeah, because I really like the story in that game. I think the story is quite good, but mm. a lot of the side content isn't very good, in my opinion. Like, it's kind of bland. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, my my impressions of it is it's not the best game ever by any stretch. It's kind of an average game, really, mm. but I still really enjoyed it. But sure. then I like a lot of bad games, so... <laughs> <laughs> Ringing endorsement. Uh. Yeah, yeah. No, you I'll, should I'll, never really trust what I say on things because I enjoy a lot of crap. So, oh, sure, we all do. We all, we all enjoy things that are a little outside mainstream goodness. It's like you know, I, as much as I love games like Jet Set Radio and stuff, even I have a hard time of saying they're objectively good games. <laughs> I, I just love them, mm. um, and you, you can't always you can't always say that um, about everything. And this, I'm having a hard time seeing that. In any like it, it, it just, it's 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 just it's just the dryness. I want maybe a bit more of a joke or a bit more of a. I've already had funny things happen. I've already had weird glitches like where I've turned my back and turned around and then something is different. Or like I've parked my car up in front of one place, turned my back, and all of a sudden someone was screaming hysterically, and I turn around and there's a car, there's a different car, not mine, just upside down on the road behind me, and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and it's like that stuff. That stuff's great. I like don't t- actually never patch that out. I find it fantastic. And that there are a few bugs like I noticed already in that. Like even though they say I think CD Projekt Red have said it's like we're kind of done with like patching the game now we want to do more content and i'm like mm, maybe maybe spend a bit more time because I, I like certain bugs like certain animations getting stuck even like with just me switching weapons like mm. it hasn't worked quite right like i'll lift a gun up but it will just be my hands and then it'll eventually load the gun model in and it's like of all the things you should probably have loaded my loadout should probably be one of them <laughs> like there's some odd decisions i think they've made on the technical side and also i'd like there are moments where the game looks pretty great and there are other moments where like certain things about the game look really weird in a sort of unquantified like the lighting is just wrong like it doesn't seem to do like there's plenty of scenes at the start of the game where you're on the inside of a car that looks pretty good at night and during the day the lighting seems totally oddly weird and glowy like people's heads seem to have a glow about them like they've got a an, an incredibly poorly positioned hero light or something on them, which I, I know is a, like a presentation thing, but they just look like that light is far too bright half the time. So bits of their face are like lit up and it's like, that seems out of place. There was one guy who didn't have a dark mouth and that, you, you know what I mean? It didn't get darker inside his, inside his mouth cavity. So like <laughs> his tongue and his teeth were super bright. And there's a sort of plasticine look to things in places that like makes me feel like, oh, this is early PS4 like graphics rendering techniques 
and then there are other bits that look like a night. I think the game looks like, which as you might expect, Night City. Like I, I, think, I think it looks pretty great. Like I think the bar you start in, mm, or I, good, like, like yeah. yeah, really good looking bit of bit of scenery. Um, there's a, and there's an awful lot of flavor text flying around as well, like the world building and like in terms of like people just having a hard time. No one seems to be having a good time in this city. Uh, like the, the flavor text around, like and that, you know, the fact that they're all just casually doing something quite a lot of the time. That seems pretty well done. Um, like I said, early days. I'm not going to make a judgment at this point, but it's made it, it's 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 a tough first impression. That's what I'll say. Um, so we'll see where it goes. Who did you choose? Uh, I'm a street kid. Okay, I think I went with Nomad. Okay. So it starts differently anyway, doesn't it? I mean, it? yeah, I started in a bar and had to do a job that went bad, and that was how I met Jackie, and uh, there's been a couple of people... Uh, you know, you get a couple of, like, dialogue choices here and there that are like, this is a, this is a street kid choice, and it's like, well, I'm going to pick that because it's my thing. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, because I picked Nomad, and you start in the wasteland. So. Yeah, which might have been a more interesting Yeah, I kind of liked that because it's like... You get, a, you get a city reveal, I suppose. Yeah, it kind of introduces you to Night City in that kind of way because you start outside and then you sort of yeah. go into it. That might that might have been a slightly slicker way of doing it. Um, so that's probably why I didn't notice it quite so much on my playthrough that it was a bit jarring because mm. it was like I didn't start in that area anyway. I started outside of it all. Right, and you had to get, yeah, so maybe I've skipped, like maybe it feels like I've skipped a bit or something, I don't know. I mean, I haven't, but like that's maybe that's just how mm. that's played out. Yeah, I'll stick. I'll stick with it. Um, I mean, I've waited long enough, and like this is this is running on the um, the post next yeah, gen I, I, I patches. Yeah, the launch version. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't really experience that many bugs. There was that one game breaking bug that I had on one of the levels, which was quite amusing with the elevator. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen that. Video. <laughs> yeah, it's just some dude just like running away and then respawning and then running away and then respawning. <laughs> I did. I did have one bad guy that when he noticed me, ran away from me instead of towards me. He was supposed to. It was one of those like psycho cyber psychos or something, and he was supposed to like, aggro on me, and he sort of did for a bit, and then sort of got right up in my face and then just ran away, just booked <laughs> it. And I'm like, no, come back here. I need to. I need to incapacitate you. <laughs> which is which I found pretty funny. <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing? Well, I kind of don't mind moments like that. It's like, I'm pretty sure you weren't supposed to do that, but I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think I think people were very harsh on it, honestly. Like, there was a lot of problems, but I don't think it was necessarily as bad as people made it out. Maybe a bit dunked on. Well, yeah. apart from the systems where it almost didn't work. <laughs> like, if, you're, if, you, if you are able to play the game, it's probably fine. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it's because... A lot of people like. Oh, I, played, I suppose if you, yeah, you went in on a Series X, which is probably a bit different than well, people that went in with a bone. Did I, did I have a Series X at the time? But it would have been the the. Yeah, I might be playing it on. It would have been the the, the thingy version, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, it would have been the pre next gen patch. But you, I think you played it on X. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it yeah. did. It was better on the X because it had sixty FPS, for example. Yeah, and they'd also done some sort of awareness thing, like a lot of those transitional games did. Like it knew it was running on Series X, and mm. so made a couple of tweaks. Yeah, but um, a lot of the bugs weren't related necessarily to the performance. No, 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 no. That's that's not. Yeah. But I didn't really see the, that the, many the, bugs the outstanding overall. like base PS4 and X Bone thing where the game just looks yeah, like exactly. potato That's mode. Just not gonna work. No. <laughs> so, so, I mean, yeah. my I mean, experience I, was fairly, fairly clear for bugs. Really, I mean, I'm, uh, it, I have to have, in terms of the visual presentation, I'm playing it on performance mode. I want that frame yeah, rate. I did as well. um, 
I don't think but, it had a performance mode at the time. It was just, no, it just did. It just did what it it ran in like one X mode, just with extra frame rate. I think on Series X at launch. But like, yeah, it's got. A, you have the choice between performance and a ray tracing mode now, and I've tried it on both. I haven't noticed a single ray being traced. If I'm <laughs> honest, like every time I've seen a reflection, it's been like that's screen space. That's and blurred to all hell. That's that's not a ray. I think it's not using it primarily for some of the lighting and some of the shadow Maybe work. Shadows, yeah. Um, uh, but it's it the improvement only seems marginal and you get a what feels like a more than 50% frame drop like it doesn't feel like it's hitting 30 in that mode um i mean it barely hits 60 honestly in performance mode half the time um so yeah i'd i'll definitely say play it on performance mode which is how it starts by default in fairness rather than stick it in ray tracing mode cuz like uh, yeah it's not it's not it didn't solve the guy's mouth problem. I paused. I paused the game and thought, "Is this like? Is this okay? Is, is this one of those lighting things that it's turned off?" But like, yeah, I put ray tracing mode on, and that guy's teeth were super bright still. <laughs> I don't think he had cyber teeth. <laughs> uh, yeah, cyberpunk. I'll stick with it. Uh, yeah, early days. Can't make a decent judgment. I finished Tunic. That was the other thing I really wanted to talk about, um, but I won't talk about it because it's problematic Swiss. to talk about because <laughs> it's one of those. Um, I do feel like its end game puzzles basically relied on a single mechanic kind of thing. Um, like it's like the the, the <laughs> it's it's one of those two halves games. What the, the first half is a slightly mysterious Zelda-y thing where there's a few puzzles you need the manual to solve. Da da da. da. But then there's a whole second half of that game where you go into like full-on puzzle-solving mode, and there's things in the world to discover. I did pretty much everything that game has to offer. Aside from two secrets that you don't need to do, technically, they I mean, they give you achievements, but they you don't need to do them to even get the 100% ending. Um, I, I looked one of I looked them both up, so I'm going, yeah, put that out there. I cheated a bit, um, which you really shouldn't do on this one, but one of them I would never have got. It was so complex and required, would have required you to decipher the ma- the language used in the manual, which, for the record, is not as easy as it, as it is in other games that have done this. They've done a slightly more complicated way of um, what that language is. Um, so I would have never have deciphered what that was. I would have never have understood the clue that that would then lead to. And then the clue itself is cryptic. And I didn't figure out what it was, even when I knew what the damn clue was in English. Never would have got it. I don't feel bad about that one. The other one I probably should have got, but they were misleading clues in the in the manual. And I'm, I kind of knew what the pattern was, but applied the wrong logic to that particular pattern in that particular case and I should have spotted a thing that had been bothering me most of the game because I'd spotted this. There's this, the manual has these little notes drawn in by someone who played it before and you can't solve the game without these notes that have been drawn into the manual and there's like one point where someone's done a little graphic of of you know, on one of the maps and it's like it's got to be to do with that it's got to be to do with that totally wasn't anything to do with that mm-hmm. there was nothing to do with that particular <laughs> Right. <laughs> particular doodle in the end it was so and i got totally misled by that so it's like i, I feel I, I i probably should have that one's on me <laughs> that one's on me i could have solved that one had i not not got the wrong end of the stick completely and just i don't know about, like when you get when you're trying to solve puzzles like that and you've got that idea in your head it's really hard to get out of it mm. sometimes to be like it can't be anything to do with this and just try a different tack completely and it's um that's where i went wrong um but I found that side of the game 
really fascinating at spots. It was super satisfying solving one of the hardest puzzles in the game, or one of the mo- most interesting, or longest puzzles, probably not the hardest, but one of the longest puzzles. And you figure that out, and you're like, hell yeah! And it plays a nice little jingle specifically for that one that's different from every, every other jingle in the game. And you're like, yeah, I did it! And you need to do that one in order to get the 100% ending, and that's real satisfying. Um I would say that the ending itself is kind of naff. Like it doesn't it's not quite as dramatic or as inventive as it perhaps was in Fez and games of that ilk. It's like it's it just sort of ends. Um the ending of Fez wasn't really an ending of anything. It was just like a random drug trip But that in itself is interesting, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You're just like, what on earth am I watching right now? <laughs> but but I don't care. Like I earned it. Um uh yeah, I think uh, tunic is real cool. Um, we were talking about things like its input system. It's like, yeah, it's an it's an animation limited combat system. Like just a for that. Like I've talked about that before, where it's like when when you're attacking, you can't start something else until your attack is finished. It doesn't do any control buffering, so you can mm. you can like you can mash a bit. Yeah, if you've if you if you've queued up two sword swings, you can be like, oh god, no, 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 I want to dodge, and it will get out yeah. of it when when your um, first swing finishes. Um, it'll override, I guess. Um, but you can do a bit of buffering on that front, which can occasionally screw you over. Um, but it's not that bad. Most of the boss fights are tough, but enjoyable. There's that There's that one that I really thought was nonsense. Um, the last boss is entirely skippable, I learnt. Wow. Spoilers. Um, I didn't have to do it. <laughs> the, way, the way I finished the game, I didn't have to do it. And I now, I now can't do it, annoyingly, without replaying the whole game. Oh, Be so aware of that. It. I totally missed oh, it. Oh, no. Like the, um, well, you have to do it at one point in the game. Um, it makes you do it, but you can't win it kind of thing. Right, yeah. Except you probably could, thinking about it, and you could probably end the game real early. Um, few games that do that though isn't there yeah like castlevania tends to do that where you start off fighting dracula or something yeah yeah and it's, it's not supposed to be a fight you can win um but, but i reckon you could i reckon you could if you were good i don't know yeah um yeah it's it's a it's a fantastic game it's um definitely worth your time like i would i would recommend going for the hundred percent but do the don't don't do it the first time through like i did just just go for a quick finish the first time and then go for the the full completion because um, you miss an achievement mm. <laughs> oh, it's, got, it's just got some really clever little meta tricks here and there as well like some 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 things that play on the game system and you're like why is this page even in the manual like that doesn't that doesn't tell me anything oh no it does it has, it has mm. a few moments like that where it's just like that there's <laughs> the, yeah, the, the, this page has a point I don't think there's any page in the manual that actually doesn't have a subtle point to it and it's like that's that's really smart. It's re- it's a it's a it's, it's a very cleverly made thing. Um, I think that's all I can really say on it without going too spoilery. Um, it does sound cool, but I'm not sure I want to invest the time in that just now. Oh, it's it, yeah, it's worth it. It is worth it. But yeah, you've got to be in the right mind space for it. Um, I mean, how, it's, how long it's, did it take? Do you think? Ooh, I've, I've good. I probably put at least 20 into it, but I'd say most of that was because I was doing the second, uh, maybe 20 to 30, something like that. But I would say most of that time was because I was doing the second half. Right. I was doing the puzzly stuff, which just took time. I had to get a notepad out, you know, it's that kind of thing. I had to, I had to draw stuff to solve some of the problems. It's cool. 
It's very cool. Uh, and I'm also playing Piku Niku, but I won't talk about it now. Oh, I love that game. That it's, game is it's, awesome. It's, it's, so, it's so funny. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, that was a cool game. I like that one. Um, I don't think I'm that far into that either. But, it's um, not very long, though. Okay. I've started a resistance, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I've blown up some stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> a fun game. I like that one. It's, it's funny right from the start. It's pretty great. Um that's all I'll say on that. I'll talk, I'll talk more about that another time because we are way over time. Yeah. yeah. I've just mentioned other games I've played. I'm not going to talk about them, obviously, but if you want me back sometimes to talk about them. Here's <laughs> uh, <laughs> preview. Yeah. So I played Shadow Warrior 3 recently. Ooh, I didn't realise that had even actually actually managed to come out yet. <laughs> well, I bought it for you. So I know, but I didn't realise it was out yet. I, you, bought it when, you bought it for me. It was pre-ordered. No, no, no it was out when I bought it for you. Was it? Yeah. Well, I'll play that soon then. <laughs> yeah, it literally just came out when it, um, the day or two before. Son of a bitch. All right, I'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So I've played through that. I enjoyed it. I won't say much more than that for now. Um, Death's Door I've played through recently. Oh, yeah, that looks good. That was a good game. Um, Archvale I've played through. Archvale? I don't... What's that? Uh, it's like a bullet hell kind of... Bro, I don't know how you describe it. But it's like a little RPG kind of bullet hell hmm. game. Okay. Um, yeah, not like a that twin stick, I think. Mm. It's kind of interesting. It was all right, not no. great, but it was all right. <laughs> not great, all right. Yeah, um, yeah. Valorant, obviously, but that never changes. Apart from <laughs> new characters, changes more than Halo does. Yeah, that's for sure. I haven't touched Halo since we last no, played. No, not, not for a long time. Uh, yeah, I, I do enjoy it, but it, there's just not enough maps for yep. me. Yep, it needs more. It needs more content. Yeah. I think 343 know it as well. They're just struggling. They put out a message, didn't they, saying we know everyone's lost their patience by this point. Yeah. And they were saying, like, they delayed the start of the next season again or something because of some sort of health problem at 343. Mm. <laughs> um, whether that means everyone's crunching and they've, yeah, got, probably. And they've just caused... I don't understand, though, because they've got so many employees. How can they not just put out some basic content? I think it's, like, it's... I think there's a different discipline for working in like live services, right? And three four three haven't necessarily been that involved in the sort of modern update cycle, I suppose, of games like that. Like they're not they've had the ability to kind of work at their own pace in previous games. I mean they didn't really unless they didn't they've never really rattled out updates for any of the previous Halo games, right? Like no. Even back in the Halo 2 days, they didn't rattle out those map packs particularly fast. They were a long time coming. Um, I can't even remember really what updates they did to Halo 5. Like, things I'm like not that. Sure. Like, I'm not sure there were many. So yeah, I think it's out of their wheelhouse. I think is why it's taking so long. They're, they're having a hard time adjusting to the, mm. the rapid face or the ravenous... Which, which is a massive shame because I think that game's going to die off quick if they don't. Oh, I really hope it doesn't. If they don't do something soon, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do think Forge mode will be the kicker. Well, that that, that because, because, BR mode might be interesting as well. Oh, maybe, but like, oh yeah, yeah. Especially if that's on the open world, and that could be weird. Um, but no, I'm like, I'm hoping, 
I'm hoping the um, forge mode, like, because normally what that does is that encourages a whole load of like interesting map designs, and well, like it, the previous, like from Reach and stuff, they would actually put the forge yeah, exactly. ones that's into I, main rotation. That's what I liked about Reach was the forge maps were actually pretty cool. Yeah, and, yeah. and what I like about them as well is they were super simple a lot yeah, of the time, yeah, yeah. which yeah. made them good, easy to read. Not, not, yeah, because they were made out of chunky blocks half the time. Which, like they were. yeah, but now Forge is way more than that, so I imagine they're not going to be that simple anymore, unfortunately. Maybe. But maybe we'll, we'll probably get a few. Um, yeah, I've also played the F1 2021 recently. Oh, 21, not the 22. No, is oh, it 22? The 22's not, not out yet. I don't oh, yeah, no, yeah, I'll probably play 21 then. Okay, don't know why, just felt like it. Just felt like it. Yeah. I saw, I saw it came up on uh, Game Pass. Yeah, you know, it's one of, was it one of those? It's just like, oh, it's on Game Pass. Yeah, yeah, just like feel like feel like playing some racing games. That one mm. might be interesting to try. Has a oh, weird story mode. On, Forza 8, hurry up, come on. <laughs> That's all right. It was <laughs> F one, you know. Right. That career mode sounded interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't try the career mode. I tried the story. I went through the story mode. Mm. It's kind of like the FIFA story mode. Do you remember those? <laughs> Alex Hunter. Yeah, exactly that that sort of thing. <laughs> Would you play that new Grid game? <laughs> with I don't its know. Story that mode? looks over the top for me. Like, <laughs> it reminds me of that Need for Speed game that had. I mean, all of them. Well, the one that specifically that had the real time actors and. Do you oh, that God. Well, yeah, that wasn't that long ago, was it? Like, which one was that? I don't know what one it was. I haven't played it, but it looks silly. Yeah, the FMV one. Yeah. Was that was that the need? Oh no, was that Need for Speed Heat? My bit. Was that when they the, the first one where they were like, "This is a mostly a night game." Maybe. Can't remember. But that looks silly as well. It looks kind of like that to me. I think there's been a few of the Need for Speed games that have had like that have had like real actors in them, but that was the one that tried. There was one recently that tried to blend it all in rather than have them as like separate cutscenes or something like that. They'd be like, they'd yeah. have these FMV dudes in the world or something, in a rendered world. And I think we better call it, host. Yeah. Yeah, we better do because I'm cold and hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Got cold sitting in here like... in the door where the wind's blowing past. Oh, I suppose, yeah, you're in. I was about to say, how did you get cold in this hot box? It's like, well, it's okay, not hot over here. That's it's fucking cold. cold. That's probably the worst bit. <laughs> Oh, and the back door's still open. Yes, the door's still open. <laughs> so we're going to end this podcast. Um, I guess I need to do something kind of outro. Go to our YouTube channel and watch our millions and four millions of hours of videos. <laughs> Plenty of Zelda content. Yeah, mainly at the moment. The occasional other thing. Um, and just a radio. Yeah, that was one of the other things. And then apart from that, get our podcast wherever you get podcasts from because you'll listen to this podcast where I'm telling you to get a podcast. <laughs> Spread the word. <laughs> And our website, where you can also find all the things we just said, and our weird Twitter, Facebook, whatever, if you care about those. Yeah, search for if Happy Salad. If you go to Twitter and find our, our, our Twitter feed. At SaladCast. And that's it. It's the end of this podcast. It is. It's pizza time. Let's get pizzed. So pizzed. Bye. Bye.